to your sanity safe space. The call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you got our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Yo. Well, that was awfully anticlimactic, I would say. (laughs) Not that I expected anything differently, but I thought maybe there was some trick up Alvin Bragg's sleeve that he was holding on to something that nobody knew about, despite every other fact of this grand jury investigation being leaked to the press. Maybe they had something to make it legitimate. And then you more or less just got the same thing copied and pasted 34 times. And he comes out and claim that he's going to get 134 years. (laughs) I think that's mostly just a a media creation. Like in theory, it's possible because each count carries four years potential prison time, which isn't going to happen. Number one, because Trump has a clean criminal record. But number two, because even if you wanted some prison time, those sentences would run concurrently if they ran at all at all. So, yeah, I mean, what, what what is a historical event as advertised? And it is. I'm not denying that. But it was just it was so lame and boring, frankly. And Alvin Bragg coming out and doing a stupid press conference and refusing to even name what the underlying crime to get it to the felony in the first place is. Yeah, I guess he's saving that. My favorite part, too. I know I messaged you about that. Uh, we'll resume with our next hearing on December 4th. So oh, we'll, yeah. we'll see How back fucking here convenient. eight months if the case even gets to that point. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I don't I will see if callers want to talk about it tonight. I don't have much more to say about it than that. I frankly, everything that could have been said about these charges that are now uh, brought against Trump has already been said. There's there was no new revelation of fact. There's nothing. We got nothing. How lame. Anyway. uh, Oh, uh, an exciting announcement for Sunday. We got uh, Billboard Chris. Uh, to have a chat with us yesterday. We already recorded it, so we'll play that back for you on Sunday. It was good to chat with him, and I, I can confirm he actually has a slight shiner from that tranny. His nose is still a little scratched. His, his nose his, is all scratched. Up, I yeah. think it's his right eye is is very slightly blackened. Boy, he was a straight-up dude. He, like, showed up looking so presentable and stuff. My kid's running in and out of the frame. I'm like, this is a disaster. Just to give you an idea of the kind of guy that he is, he uh, showed up one minute past our agreed time and apologized for it in Canadian fashion. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for being late. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like no one in the history of mankind yeah. has apologized for being one mil- minute late that yeah. wasn't in the military. Uh, so uh, he, he's a good dude and it was fun to talk to him and and um, we'll have that for you on Sunday. He, he helped us clarify the timeline of that attack a little bit too because my understanding of that female police officer and how exactly her claims lined up with the events was a little bit off. Turns out she didn't really lie straight up when she said, when she was asking for evidence that was before the assault that she witnessed. (laughs) That's true. So it wasn't like a straight up lie. It's just her 
being informed that an attack had already taken place, not caring, and then watching a subsequent attack happen gleefully. That's the yeah. proper sequence of events. Yeah. Anyway, uh, of course, we will uh, take your calls tonight as usual. Most of you know how that works, but if you are new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you would like to participate, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question page and, uh, and, and you can send them in there. We'll also uh, check in with your Super Chats every half hour as usual. And uh, what else am I forgetting? Nothing, I think. That's everything, right? So uh, let's hop into the callers. Canadian Egg is up first. Canadian Egg, are you there? I am. How are you guys doing? Hi. We okay, are how are well. you? I am doing A-OK. What's well, on your mind? You're a first-time caller, so this is, uh, this is quite exciting. Well, hey. thanks for calling in. So I have a few topics, Blonde. You're going to be, uh, you might not like me with some of this because I want to talk about voting and being motivated to vote. Uh, a lot. Uh, Get the motivated. Hell out. Uh, yeah. All right, go on. What, what was that? Do you call me a fed? No, no, no. I, no. I, I, oh, she sorry. said motivated. I said get the hell out of here. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I want to talk, and this isn't just to this isn't just to you guys. It's also just to the audience generally. Mm-hmm. It's that it's, and, and Matt, I think you'll actually find agreement with this. It's that just going voting is rigged, whatever, wh- whatever, stuff like that. And it's not, it doesn't work is a losing attitude, right? Like anytime that you want to do something and you want to win at something, the only way you're ever going to guarantee that you don't win is if you don't play. But, okay. Say your piece. I'll, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It's just like, it's, it's because if, if, even if you think that there is almost no chance you're going to win, if you just go, whatever, I might as well just not even play then. Well, that's still the only way you're even going to guarantee you lose. Because even if there's a small chance, a min, a minuscule chance that you win, playing is a lot better than not. You got to think outside the box though here, because you're saying that if we win electorally, that it's going to benefit us. But I'm saying if we win, we lose. But the way to not win, I want to win. I want to win. I'm not giving up here. But I want to work outside of the system because I don't think that there's any way to um, to have major change from within. Well, you have to. I, I, that's fine. That's totally cool. But you have to do both at that point because regardless, because otherwise you're just going to be trampled. Because if you if you want to if you want to work outside of the system and you want to do that independently. Okay, but you still have the option to engage within the system and you should still engage within the system and engage outside of the system. You Why, can in do case both, the system starts working for the first time? If you want to put it that way, sure. If it oh. starts working for the first time or if it gets back on track, whatever it is, it's like you want, you because then if things get better, then things are getting better. You still, you still secure yourself outside of the system. This is the same philosophy as hope for the best, prepare, prepare for the worst. You still secure yourself outside of the system. You still do everything you can so that if everything fell down tomorrow, you're in the best position that you can possibly be in. But you want to make sure that I feel like I'm listening to Lloyd Christmas. So you're telling me there's a chance, but (laughs) but you're right. I actually do. I do generally agree with where you're coming from that, that 
uh, it still should be done. But but I think, well, you tell me, would you agree that it is in and of itself sufficient? Should we just check the box and be satisfied that we did our civic duty? Or do you think there are other steps necessary to have any hope of cleaning up the mess that we uh, are currently in? Well, there are, of course, other steps like checking the box is the minimum thing. The reason I call it like I, I, I think of it as like it's a loser mentality. If you're just going, I'm not even going to bother voting. It's like, all right, then you might as well just give up on everything in life because you're 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 just you're just you're not even willing to even put in the minimal effort to fight. Why do you even bother waking up in the morning at that point? The, the point well, is, is that it it's like if voting is one or two times, however many elections you have uh, a year, like for your local and, and federal levels and whatnot, right? Yeah. It, it, for one day a year, even if you mm-hmm. can't even just go out to check a single box a year, then you then me, you don't even have a right to even complain at that point. You might as well just give up. Let me go to the let me go to bat a little bit for the other side too, and I I don't mean to cut you off, blonde. So take all the time you want after this too. But uh, uh, what do you have to say to the idea that not voting is voting? That is to say, why should I be? Why do I have an obligation to choose between effectively two choices that both of which I think are damaging or not helpful? My active vote is not to consent to either of these things. And so I don't like, it's still an an active choice, a a civically conscious choice, but you don't consent to either. Is, is that acceptable or would that be a similar failing? Oh, I think abstaining from voting. I agree is also a choice. I've done that in elections in my life. I see someone in the rumble chat saying he's Canadian, right? Yelling at me because that's true. I am Canadian. Want to be American? <laughs> will will be want to move? To, I, I I will move to the United States one day. Trust me, I want to be. Well, a, you have to go down to Mexico first and then walk across the border. That's how it works. Uh, unironically, Matt, I have genuinely thought of that as an option. Just being like, yeah. what if I just say I'm Muslim, or if I just you know go go down to, <laughs> go down there to Mexico and come up that way past the Rio Grande? You know, I could figure it out. But no, I will, I will, I, I will, I will get to the to the U.S. one day because I. I and and I think people would, should want that if you want people with with good American values. And trust me, if we want if we, this was a talk about political philosophy, I'm sure the three of us would find agreement on on a lot of stuff. But it's but when it comes to voting, yeah, like abstaining from voting for sure is a choice. That's 100 percent a choice. But it, it's if. Even a small victory is still a victory. And so if you if you think all choices are bad, then sure, abstaining from the voting is still a choice. But I, like I said, this isn't necessarily directed towards just you two. It's also, it's the fact that it's to everybody that even if you think this small step in this direction is a better step than, is better than where we are, it's still worth making that effort to take that tiny little step. Yeah, but we need people uh, in mass to stop voting. It's like, it's like not paying taxes. It's going to be something that's more influential when people just stop doing it um it's not going to help us any i liken it to to men stepping out of the dating market even temporarily if if every if every chick that you meet is like some fat entitled whore like why are you going to keep dating why are you going to keep doing this because we're going to create more fat entitled whores if we don't get these women under control (laughs) i know that's why um I just think that democracy, the entire thing, the, the, democracy me, the number one way to fight body positivity is by getting these fat chicks in line. So you got to date them and you <laughs> yeah, got to really. put them back in line. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to do it with a, uh, 
metaphorically heavy hand, you know, not I'm not saying the full backhand. I'm not saying the full Sean Connery, but uh, without men to this goes both ways. We talk about it all the time. The the excesses of men are countered by women. The excesses of women are countered by men. They need each other for healthy function. You remove one from the other and uh, men end up tearing things down and killing each other and women end up um, well doing the stuff that we've just discussed. Assuming there's enough prosperity still to feed them so that they can reach these weights. <laughs> Which there's not. <laughs> but without the men, there there might not be, yeah. Yeah, true. But it's it's like on the on the like to bring this to bring that back to voting, it's like the right now you're just having one extreme, maybe from different from different perspectives, right? Like even even just uh sorry, let me just sort my words out here. Even just uh, like if you if you're if you're going to look at an American context and just the two party two parties right the Democrats and Republicans just going well I'm just going to let them I hate them both I'm just going to let them fight it out while you're just focusing on yourself outside the system that's not going to fix anything like I'm not I'm not talking about everyone go vote for Trump or everyone go for go vote for uh, DeSantis or whatever I'm saying it, it's 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 about even just putting your 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 voice in that system, even if you're gonna lose, it's still better than just not doing it at all. Unless, of course, you have made the constant the conscience choice or the the all right, well, informed choice. You based know? Like on the scowl, I'm not sure that you persuaded Blonde, but I appreciate the effort nonetheless. I didn't. Um, I, I honestly, I didn't expect to persuade <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blonde on here. Right? Like well, I was. <laughs> We do have to keep I, it moving. I, I but, understand. But thank I you. I understand Blonde's Blonde's disappointment with it. I get it. Like I, yeah. I, I understand. Like trust me. I am like I said. I'm from Canada. We have a. We have. God, you think your electoral system's shite? It's. I don't even know um, how yours works. To be honest, I still. But to be honest, I, I. When it comes to the whole parliamentary system, I just. Uh, that, I don't know. That's for foreigners. That's our, not for our, me. Are like you? You worry about tyranny of the minority. Yeah. Our entire country's uh, governmental system is controlled by essentially thirty percent of the population. Hmm. So, it's, all right, that's, well, and th- that's putting it very briefly. Like Godspeed. Canada, Canada is a nightmare, and uh, help me. Um, <laughs> we'll see you yeah, down just, at uh, the Rio Grande very soon. Yeah, I'm just try- <laughs> I'm trying to be a humble white pill merchant, and also everybody. <laughs> there's only 220 watching on Rumble right now. Come on, folks. Oh, hey, that, well, that's as far as good. Rumble growing for for a Wednesday show, I you know I. I'll take it, man. That's, I mean, yeah, uh, I guess that's, that's good. It. That's good. But All right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Have a great night, folks. Bye. Okay. Uh, new Tradis. Did you have any uh, more thoughts you wanted to say on the election stuff before we move on? Nah, it's okay. okay. New Tradis. Are you there? Hello. Yes, I am. What's on your mind? What? Um, have you guys been having the kids development real quick? Before I, it's been a while. Uh, you want to go first? Oh, Emmeline is just a a delight slash terrorist. Slash she's giving you diseases. In, she's just, yeah, we're sick constantly. Terminally ill people are healthier <laughs> than people in my family. It's so crazy. Like back-to-back illnesses all the time. She's so disgusting. Um, but she's really funny. She's getting into some high-level emotional manipulation. And so she loves this band, Paramore. And she's always like, let me watch this Paramore video. And we're like, no. And she's like, but my bunny wants to watch this Paramore video. My <laughs> bunny confirmed. wants to do all these things. It's it's pretty advanced. I'm I'm proud of her. Yeah, watch out for that one in the uh, teenage years. Oh God, I know it's really. 
Yeah, Calvin's Matt? right right on the verbal cusp. He's got he kind of says no. He kind of has some grunty noises. He point he, he mostly points at things and grunts. Yeah. So I'm trying to get those words to come out. Like today we sat down and read the my hundred first words and I'm trying to <laughs> get him to associate the picture of the dog Move with the dog, 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 <laughs> yeah. dog. And we're, we're so close, but you know, I, I, then I, but then I feel stupid. Cause it's like, is this the thing I'm supposed to train out of him? Or is it just the sort of thing that happens naturally? So maybe I'm asking yeah. too much of it. I, I try not to put him under stress, but I, I, I want, so I, I want to talk with him cause that's so what I fun. look. That's what I look forward yeah, to in fatherhood. Is changes. is yeah. Is is re-experiencing the world yeah. philosophically and and getting him to understand the rules of the world through discussion. It's not that I don't enjoy the physical activity with him. I do, but I just look. I so look forward to that verbal interaction that I'm trying to coax that a little bit. So far, no luck. But I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I can definitely see that in my own like uh, niece and nephew. Um, just as soon as they get to the, the ability for language, they're so much more interesting. Um, yeah. There's the, the whole entire realm of communication that's opened up to you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's exponentially he, from there. he runs around and he's got all sorts of ways of communicating, pointing at things and, and his, <laughs> he's got all sorts of hilarious reactionary faces, but, but the words, the words just aren't there yet, but yeah. soon enough. Anyway, um, what yeah, else do you come. want to talk about? Yeah, first, just wanted to say hello, and I'm glad to get back on here. Uh, the real topic is kind of estimations of our political climate and who is and who is not politically relevant. Hmm. Um, okay. I had this, like, conversation. We, my my uh, parents and I watched this this film. Um, I should know the name of the film off, offhand. It's like a, a sad life of some old man um, with Tom Hanks <laughs> in it. And it was, like, one of the most propagandistic films that I've seen in a very long time. And I just like immediately got triggered by it. Just like started like, you know, freaking out, walking out of the room laughing and then coming back in and trying to keep a straight face. And my parents noticed it. And we like had this discussion. Anyway, that's what it's triggered new, the, right? the thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's within the last two years. So that's, you know, always a tell. If, if it's in the last five years, it's probably going to be propaganda. But A man called Hanks. Otto? Yeah, a man called Otto. Yep. This was like Gran Torino, but they like, you know, all holds barred. Let's pull all the punches. Oh. Terrible film, but it's not about the film itself. Um, maybe I can get to that later if I ever get picked up on the, um, the movie list. But yeah. my thoughts kind of from this were like, there's only about 10% of the population that actually understands what's going on and could do something about it. Um, but then there's only 10% of that 10%. So there's like 1% of the actual entire American population that can and will do something about it. Right? So... And this is like, there's a lot of percentages to throw out in the audio platform, but say like 80% of people don't know or don't care. Right. Uh, you know, 50% are like just NPCs. 30% are already captives of the Democrats and of leftism. So like there's 10% right-leaning high intelligent people who are capable of understanding what's going on and potentially doing something about it. And that's like a really low number, right? And discouraging, but- No, that's 33 million people. Yeah. <laughs> But within that 10%, right? Um, the That's 3.3 million them, people. But the vast majority of those people won't do anything about it or don't know what to do about it. So yeah, like maybe yeah. 0.5%, maybe half of a percent are trying to figure out what to do about it. And like the other half of a percent is like overwhelmed and black. Okay. Yeah. I think you're totally right. But you know, 
when white people get in killing mode, they are, are highly efficient. They're, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so think about what, let's assume that that 5% of these people are visible minorities. Like think about what 3.3 well-organized, 3.3 million uh, yeah. well-organized white people could do. But yeah, that's just, that's incredible to me. That I find that very hopeful. If it's possible there are that many people in this country. That can they all fit them? in North Idaho? Though, is North there room? Well, we totally could fit them all in North Idaho. <laughs> yeah. All right. I might to... move to Idaho soon. Um, <laughs> it's we'll it's see cool. About that, um, how do you organize? I mean, okay, this is where it gets dicey on the internet. I'm I'm pretty yeah. worried after this um after this Ricky Vaughn thing. I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm like getting very growing very concerned because they they retroactively make things that aren't a big deal illegal. That's what that's what yeah. they did with him, and so. When it comes to actually telling people how they should organize, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I could get into some trouble there. What I will say is don't use any conventional channels. Don't use Discord. Yeah. Um, you guys might have to like PO box some, I mean, we might have to go back 50 years on this. That's one. literally a federal communications channel. You can't yeah. use the post office. You're going to have to use <laughs> okay, carrier nobody, pigeons. Nobody I mean, is radio opening is a up. Communication. Yeah, even that. I, I honestly don't you think people would be better off less likely to get caught if they were using written communication and ham radio uh, not ham that's that yeah because that can be monitored by well you don't have uh, any kind of that's over the air is it anybody could pick that up or am I misunderstanding yep. I know the ham radio anyone people can will be yelling at me I'm a yeah. ham radio noob okay uh, anyone can pick that up you're saying yeah. okay. okay so maybe anyone, we need to go yeah, more advanced maybe we and need to go like that, dark web yeah Okay. This is like super niche. What is that like dark web? How do I go there? Is it darkweb.com or you have to get uh, darkweb.com. Okay. Yeah. You have to get a torrent browser. Oh, okay. Tor browser. browser. There it is. Oh, is that what that's for? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I use, (laughs) I use brave and it's always got this tour thing. I'm like, what the hell's tour for? That's for the dark web. Yeah. Is that really? Or Or you can hire a hitman (laughs) and get a bunch of like, pictures of am i just trusting chick it here because i feel like brave drugs. would not if that's what it was for i feel like brave would not advertise that openly no tour tour <laughs> is like a, a means to an end it's what you have to you have to have a tour browser to access the dark web it's, okay it's so like it's, bouncing around a bunch of vpns that's it's all not really just for the dark web it's it's a means of yeah it's a means yeah. of accessing okay. any website got it yeah. Yeah. tour is a means of accessing a website through a disconnected network of a bunch of vpns that's I the see. layman's explanation of that okay. anyway let's, what do let's you think people should do I'm, I'm concerned about it and interested about it because yeah. the, the small amount of people who understand what's going on and could potentially do something about it there are so many incentives towards contributing to the thing that is hurting society and so many disincentives towards actually fighting it that of that very limited part of the population not only are we is it difficult to organize them? But they're so incentivized against doing anything about it because the economy and the society and all these different things are pushing them to just like no, be a be a corporate person, um, you know, just pay the toll, uh, take the knee, you know, get the vax, eat the bugs, all that kind of shit. There's so many things bringing you to do things that contribute to this massive monolithic bad thing. I don't know. I mean, if you move to an area of like-minded people, like I know one person that got the vaccine. That's it. Yeah. One and I know person. a fair number of people who haven't like, it's not too difficult to meet those kinds of people, but they're not the kinds and, of people who would 
Like that's if, that's one of the measures, right? Is that what did you get the vaccine? How did this? Yeah, but but I know a lot of people that are like not they're not doing straight jobs. They're uh, in the event that something happens, they're prepared, and then you put uh two hundred families together, um, that yeah. are all prepared in the event that something happens, and and you you have a plan because when things when the ball starts rolling, you can get together and figure and out. That's what another. That's another interesting point too, the jobs aspect of this. I've talked before yeah. about jobs. Like while we're waiting in that period before the lever turns and the these percentages are totally um, no longer relevant because the entire political, you know, a decade has happened in a, in a week, right? Um, once that lever is pulled, a lot of things change. But until that happens and there's no just, there's no realistic way to determine when that's going to happen, you know, there's an, you should be, you know, pursuing things that are not involved in the global, global conglomerate or the, you know, progressive managerial elite or whatever. You know, you should have a, some sort of trades job. But the entire time you're in a trades job, um, until the collapse, like you're making 40k a year, not being able to buy lands to have, you know, chickens and and raise have a homestead, right? Right. So like, there's this entire time where you're operating as if the world's going to collapse, towards optimizing the things that would be great post-collapse trying yeah, but to developing like, that skill set i mean nobody's going to care about yeah. property ownership and stuff like that in a post-collapse society so you would say priority number one is to find yourself to get yourself to a locality that would do well in this sort of scenario oh yeah and getting yeah. married and having kids and the meeting other like-minded families i legit am not even those two things are those two it, things yeah. are very like um which of those two things, like, right, there's, there's finding the locality and being able to get to that locality and form a life there. And then there's having kids. Yeah. People have kids and families and mortgages yeah. that tie them to locations and give them the excuse. I'm not going to risk anything because I have mouths to feed. I have a mortgage to pay. Right? Yeah. But that's the, that's an excuse. Like I know people that wanted this life. And so they lived in an RV for yeah. a long time and, and stuff like it, it, it requires sacrifice and, but it can be done. And I'm sick of everybody acting like children are this big life destroyer. Like you just, they're, they're not expensive. You just pack them in the car and you go somewhere else. But life without kids, you know, is much more flexible, much more, you know, uh, able to be relocated. I don't like, if you oh, don't yeah. have a spouse and you don't have kids, you can go anywhere in three days. Yeah. But what's the point of fighting for anything? Maybe you put the kids in the family after finding the locality yeah. trying to build things towards the next like if the collapse is going to happen that's in the true. next three years like yeah, you're still you... fighting for like the prospect of them at that point you're not that's abandoning true, yeah. it. Yeah. you're, you're yeah. fighting for the concept in the future yeah. i will say in areas like this though there are like no single women hmm. yeah it's okay. rough for for dudes because everybody's mm -hmm. paired up already yeah all right well <laughs> thank you for the call man appreciate it yeah. did you have any uh, quick final thought before we let you go just um, thanks for what you do, and I'm glad to to get back on. And it's been a while well, sure. since we talked. Thanks for calling. Cheers. Appreciate Good it. Love the kids and the family. Have okay. a good night. Bye. Okay, we have time for one more before the bottom of the hour. Gilgamesh, hey. you're up if you're ready. Hi, blonde. Hi. Hello. Hi. What's you on your mind, blonde? Oh, well, for one thing, I saw your Jesse the Fallen State. You're Thank right. You. When you got to the point of him asking you the the question, you know. And you looked around like, can I get out of this room? 
I started laughing because it was really funny watching you go, oh, God, no, no. And then he brought up your parents. You're like, damn it, I have to talk. Oh, I know. It, but I'll it was like so many questions about my mom. Yeah. I was like, this is a disaster. <laughs> like, but get out what he said made me think about a lot of things. And it made me go, what? you know, when you smile, you remind me of my sister. You do. You have that same smile as she does. So I said, oh, my God, I think of Blonde as my sister. So, oh, yeah. No, it's a good thing. Cause, you That's know, so I, sweet. I, yeah, I haven't talked to my sister in 10 years. There was a whole, and I think I reached out to her on her cell phone. I called it and it was still active, so I think it's hers, but she hasn't called me back. But I then I reached out to God, confessed every 40 years of sin, and I said, I cannot vote for these people in Washington because they're evil and I feel my soul being destroyed dragged to hell with them because they keep doing evil things around the world. So I said, I'm done with this. After I said all that, I felt so much better. And I watched yeah. what was going on. And I said, oh, my God, these people are all crazy. They're all losing it over Donald Trump and everything. I'm going, <laughs> I started laughing. I'm going, wow, I'm watching people get angry over this. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, thank God I'm not part of this anymore. And I do feel better. I do. That's so and great. I go, I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah. It's like, it's a relief to know that, um, I'm not going to be a part of that, you know. And no, Donald Trump is, I'm sick of Donald Trump. I'm sick of Democrats, Republicans, all of it. It's like, you know, and I thought, okay, who's the perfect puppet, puppet for the military? Gavin Newsom. He'll do whatever they say. That's why they want him. He's not, I think he will run, but they'll announce it next year. It's not going to be Biden. And I don't want him. But at the same time, he would do everything the, the military told him to do. So they want the puppet. They don't want Donald Trump because, and this isn't about Donald Trump. As Razorfist said, they don't hate Donald Trump. They hate his voters. And the best way to destroy the movement is to make them think that he's going to become president. And then they're going to pull the trigger with the electric college the same night. And before you realize it, you're going to go, if, they're going to, if Gavin goes in, they're going to call it for him early. The minute. The media is going to say, oh, we called the next president and then Kamala Harris will go certify that election and people go, what just happened? I'm out. It's just Gavin. like, oh, uh, gosh, can oh, you imagine? That, that's my black pill line right there. I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'm not doing no, Gavin Newsom. Think about it. Yeah. They picked Trump because they, he did what they said for the most part until he started talking against him and then he was gone. They want a puppet. And you can look back at presidents and realize a lot of these presidents were doing whatever the military told them to do. So it's like so yeah, you're, you're thinking perfect. the military is is calling the shots. Yeah, here? the military industrial complex runs everything. They're the real power of the government. Look at what they do. They 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 get all this money from the military, right? Defense and all biggest budget in the country yeah. goes to the military. Okay, what do they do with that? They invade countries. They overthrow governments. The CIA is part of that. Operation. I guess, I guess I'm just you're, ta that. you're talking like the Joint Chiefs or like who's running the show? Who are the these guys? Thing, the like Gloria Newland. Victoria, I mean, Victoria Newland, you know, those people, mm -hmm. the ones that you, you know, we're talking um, that don't get elected, that are always there, the deep state, you want to call them. We're not talking the Mitch McConnells or any of the neocons, but these people who they are always there are running the show. And they're all, you know, look at what they're, they're upset about. Look at what's happened in the world. Everything's changing. And it's, it's like, fuck, they can't stop it. China and Russia are changing the world, and it's like, I'm going, okay, I, I like this new where everybody can use their own currency, and it's not one currency controlling the, everything. And that actually makes perfect sense. Our dollar's not going to die. It's just going to have to learn to adjust to the world. 
Yeah. And that, you know, and everybody's watched how we have bullied the world and everything, and they're tired of it. And so that's why when China did the peace deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia, it was like, oh, they started seeing there's a chance to, you know, get changing. And then you saw it and it's building and all these countries are jumping on this now and saying we're done with the West. It's like, you know, they don't want to be told they're to, what to do. And you heard this in, in Africa, like when Kamala Harris, where she was telling them, you need to do whatever America, they were like, no. Yeah. So the world is right. changing. Yeah. We, we got to wrap up here quickly, but uh, if you have a quick final thought, we'll, we'll hear that. Oh, and we got to let you go. I sent you a thing about the movie Prestige. I just, a few thoughts on the movie. So oh, yeah, I read, read that. Yeah. Um, Maybe you're right. Because, no, like I said, Nolan doesn't think we're stupid. He's re- the answer is to Robert. That's why he's telling everything. Because you knew the answer. I knew the answer. Matt knew the answer. Everybody watching knew the answer. It's just Robert's an idiot. So that's huh. why he's telling you what's going on. So, All right. Well, thank you for the clarification. It is a better than any of his other movies. Okay. The, I, yeah. I liked Interstellar, but uh, I didn't oh, hate this movie I either. That but. movie. I, I don't know. In, in did he sub- make? A, did he make Avatar? Inception. He made Avatar. No, right? that was no. Um, who James am I thinking? Cameron. Of? James That's James. Cameron. I confused them. Yeah. Oh, what are the other? James Cameron's what are the other? Director. Oh, I, hate, I hated crazy. the first Avatar. I didn't see the oh, second. I, oh, Avatar oh, was a, awful. Oh, it's god awful. Giant blue fucking <laughs> retarded cats and everything. Oh. Yeah. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Oh yeah. Okay, we uh, we do need to take a break here. We'll catch up with your chats and we'll get back to the calls momentarily. Uh, let's see. On Rumble, we are good. Thank you guys watching over on Rumble. On uh, Tippy Stream, let me start there and then we'll catch up with YouTube. Uh, well, now it looks like our system is is working. But actually, let's let's go back to the old system of reading just to make sure we don't miss anybody. We had a little bit of a uh, super chat technical difficulties before the uh, stream was live, so I want to make sure we don't miss anyone's chats. Let's see over on Tippy Stream. Uh, hey, Donald Trump's tuning in. Well, Mr. Trump, I'm I'm glad to have you watching. I know it's been a very busy couple of days, so thanks for checking out the show. He says, vote for me. I may be a globalist myself, but at least I have the decency to slow walk you into the new world order instead of sending you barreling, uh, barreling there like the liberals do. That's true. You, you do it at a nice, <laughs> slow pace. But um, that's that's actually uh, really relevant to our prior call about voting and about the selection of your path. And is if you accept the premise that one is the slow walk and one is the quick walk. Is the slow walk actually better? Uh, somebody sent me a pretty good argument for that. But that it I'm is better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, yep. All right. Well, I uh, I remain open to it. Maybe maybe the thinking is you have a better likelihood of turning it around at any given point if you take the right the slow path. I don't know. But Sean Connery says, uh, I totally would have spanked blonde to keep her in line during, during her wild days. Did you need Sean Connery when you were younger? Oh boy. Probably. Do you need Sean Connery now? I don't know. Always. Yeah. Uh, Matt's son. Oh, he has, uh, he's, he's learned his words. He's, he's super chatting here. I thought he was sleeping <laughs> in his crib in the next, next room over. I'm learning manipulation from Emmeline. Ooh, good boy. That that's news to me. If they're, if they're communicating. Uh, Wouldn't that be something that communicated on some toddler technological <laughs> device that we don't even know about? Uh, my my fans are just there to fatten my bank account. Um, well, I wish 
<laughs> number one, that's not true, uh, obviously. But number two, uh, I wish my bank account was fatter. That'd be <laughs> that'd be amazing. Oh, I know. But who I'm doesn't? Jesse Lee Peterson. Who doesn't these days? Like, she used her YouTube fortune to get a bunch of plastic surgery, and I burst out laughing. I was like, <laughs> someone YouTube said that about fortune. you. Well, yeah, YouTube huh. fortune. How much money do people think that we make that we have some kind of fortune? That's a lot oh of super gosh. chats. Not <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm I'm very grateful to the listeners and 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 chatters and all that. I don't mean to be taken any way otherwise. But the idea I think that there's people a, think that like content creators like us make like like lifestyle vlogger money. Uh yeah, we're but, not of the uh, no. what's his face uh, Casey. We're not like Casey Neistat or something. Is like he that. still a thing? I don't know. Uh yeah. Well, anyway, the. <laughs> My fans are just there to fatten my bank account says, really, that's a horrible thing to say about your live super chatters. Well, I was trapped <laughs> into it. I can't stand most of these callers. Well, geez, tell us how you really feel I'm, I'm being trapped into these hateful comments. Uh, anyway, if you uh, do you have YouTube ready to go? Um, I do. Let's see. Hold on. Mulray. Hi, true seekers. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. John 15, 13. ESP, God bless. For his friend. Ooh. A lot of the time. No deal. One thing I've learned through the Bible study is that the way things are, are phrased in scripture is often drastically contextually different than you think. So I, yes. don't, I can't tell you exactly how this, this uh, verse is to be interpreted properly. But it, I, friends in this context might be different than we think of just like your friend Joe down the street. But right. to the point, it's hard to think of anything more demonstrative of true love than being willing to die for that person. When I think about the people that I'd be willing to die for, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's my wife, it's my son, it's my direct family, it's the people I have an obligation to protect. I wouldn't and, die for either of my parents. Well, I didn't say parents, did I? Oh. I said wife and son and other family, I guess. I mean, depends on the situation. Would I put my life at risk for my parents? Okay. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. yeah. But um, like certain death, my kid, that's it. End of list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I suppose that's what true love really is. That's, that's what it means. It means valuing their life above your own. I suppose. Would I die for my husband? Mm, there's a tough woman question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the proper philosophy is on that. Of course, traditionally speaking, it's the husband's job to protect the wife. This would sort of reverse that order. But at the same time, were you to allow him to die, you'd be doing a great disservice to your family. Of course. Of course. That's true. Hmm. Okay. Jeff Sloat, rejoice because Christ is risen. Happy Easter, Blonde and Matt. Since I won't be here on Sunday, Bobby is Hank's son. Despite what the chat said. Is that disputed? Bobby is not the true son of Peggy and Hank. I know that they are rebooting King of the Hill. And oh, I is swear, Bobby black now? Is that? <laughs> no, Mike Judge is pretty good about these things, right? Okay. I don't, yeah, it's I unnecessary, guess. I don't... though. Are they going to ruin this, this perfect show? It's being rebooted just as it was. It's just going to be like the same cartoon. I don't cartoon. know. I I, I bet they'll have had another kid. King of the Hill was one of the most hit or miss shows for me of all time. Like when it was at its greatest, it was awesome. And so then good. it would, it just, 
there were too many repeat iterations of like Bobby takes up a feminine hobby and Hank disapproves, but then they work it out in the end. 13 seasons, you know, I guess you have to rehash some ideas. (laughs) Um, We're good. And, you know, Dale was ahead of his time with all of his skepticism of anything and everything. Totally. Uh, So maybe I'll have to check it out. It was a great show. Uh, Thank you, chatters. We'll come back to you at the uh, top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Uh, next up is the, uh, the short version of the N word. The N word, you know what the N word is? Mr. N word. Are you there? Yeah. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, well, you know, I've been dabbing in and out as far as listening to the Colin show. So I will start off with, uh, how's your guys' night going? I see blondes a little under the weather kids are just a disgusting just germ walking germ factories what country are you from i'm canadian there really for listeners that was just a skeptical look that's all that was am i okay. am i hearing this accent like is, am i am i being crazy i don't really detect a strong accent of any sort but oh. maybe that's just me I lived, uh, I lived abroad, and so there is like a slight accent. Hmm. But, I was gonna say like um, you're a touch Norwegian or so. I don't know what I was going. Okay, sorry. Proceed. What's no, on I your lived mind? In, I, I lived in Ireland there for a few years. So it's ah. like all the it's all the accents <laughs> combined into one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Top of the morning so, to you. A is what your accent is. <laughs> And the rest of the evening to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I sent like a message like a few weeks back for like mm-hmm. the call-in show in regards to, I was talking about, about like what are the chances of of an average guy finding an average girl oh, in yeah, like yeah. the dating market. Okay. And I kind of wanted to kind of expand on that. So um i think there's a i think this is an aspect that a lot of people don't necessarily recognize is is that the diversification or a more proper way of maybe saying it is maybe the fracturing of society when it comes down to racial religion ideological lines ins or um you know even like body types education types and all that it has led to not only the increase in uh, marriage age, but also I think it has also led to possibly an increase in divorces. Okay, is yeah. over time, and um, one just I don't know if you agree with that or disagree with that or have a counterpoint thinking about it. Do you have one, blonde? I I feel like I half follow. I think I missed part of it. Do you mean like uh, how difficult it is in the dating market has made people that succeed more likely to divorce? Uh, yes. So it's, is that, it's tough uh, out there. Part, so they settle and that is that the theory? So like you have the example of, you know, that guy and his transgender son who's probably not transgender here, but that's an example of like a guy who who got married to oh, a you're talking about Jeff and, Younger. Yeah, and yeah. and and yeah. that's, you know, that's you wouldn't have the transgenderism ideology you know 50 years ago 
especially yeah. not to this kind of degree. He and most people would have been on the same kind of page. It, but now when it comes to either transgenderism, feminism, or, or any other kind of gripe, it, there's so many, uh, I guess, spectrums or you know different yeah, degrees it, that people could be on. It's kind of a chicken or the egg problem. It's yeah. like, uh, did people's hesitation to get married cause the philosophy or ideology that is damaging it? Or did the ideology or the philosophy damage marriage, thus causing the hesitation, I suppose? Is right. that a fair right. way of thinking about the question? Um, I, 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 If I had to pick between those two, I, I would think that the the just the damage done to the institution of marriage as in the ease with which we allow not only people to sever that contract and move on, but, but women to be rewarded or to be provided with all sorts of substitute resources for a man, I think has enabled a lot of that thinking in the first place. So totally. And then the, the hostile political climate has really uh, heightened the stakes of, of being in a marriage where you have incompatible value systems in the past. I just don't think it was as important. People were marrying pe- people. They hardly knew at age 18, you know, and 50 years fine. ago, a hundred years yeah. ago, and they'd stay yeah. together for life. Not that that doesn't happen anymore, but, but back just, then you'd be from the same kind of community. You guys yeah. might've right, went to the yeah. exact same church. You guys would be the same religion. And, or even if you're not the same religion, at least you're in the same category of, you know, Christianity mm-hmm. instead of, of, uh, you know, Hindu, Buddhism, Muslim. Oh, that's what you mean Buddhism. by that diversification, the diversification of data. That's, oh, well, of society. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I understand mm-hmm. now. <laughs> well, it, it, it's on, it's on many different lines and, you know, yeah. it's not just religion and, um, you know, it's on sexuality as well. You're right. Or, right. Well, before, you know, you you would have, you know, maybe virgins or low body count and then you'd have the town bicycle and yeah. nobody would touch that. And, yeah. But now, you know, town well, everybody bicycle, will touch that. At least. Most. <laughs> yeah, really. Nobody will touch it but, for no, marriage, no but everyone it. will yeah, touch nobody it. Nobody will yeah. touch it with with a ring. <laughs> Point but now, like every woman is somewhere in between. Yeah, and then even on political ideologies, like, yes, there's like left and right. You know, if you want to break it down that, but with even on the, you know, the left spectrum, you have like eco socialism or, or you have, yeah, uh, you, you know, gender socialism you, or you, racial you might socialism. be onto something there in a, in a context yeah. of communities that just in general share a lot more in common with you in terms of experience and philosophy. The random pull of any woman is likely to be much more compatible than in the sort of culture country that we're dealing with now where you might have any number of philosophies, religions, um, all sorts of complications that make even sort of a, a hastily arranged marriage much, much more risky than it would have previously been. I suppose that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're definitely right. So just to, um, I, I assume you guys seen like the whatever podcasts. I've seen the the clips and I, uh, that show is great. Don't get me wrong. It's just <laughs> at times that show exceeds my cringe threshold. And I like to think is my that the cringe panel threshold show is, with the dumb chicks. They always have talking? several dumb chicks yeah. and they're mostly talking to the main guy on the show and maybe a guest or two. 
and yes uh, that, that's it i've i've only seen like a few episodes it, yeah like i've i basically started off just because michael knowles was on one episode and i was like i did I see some mind. of that that was and really I'll good go. <laughs> yeah i'll see that he's he's there at one point one of the chicks says that she has a body count something like 300 and he, yeah. his his jaw drops he is just astounded that that such things even exist you have yeah, to make like, sex like a job uh, yeah, I, I guess I would be interested in the tactics of achieving that. You'd have to bang a new person every week for six years, five years. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think I think I uh, think her yeah. number was closer to like two per week kind of deal. Yeah. Now, she wouldn't she I think she freely admitted that there was times where it wasn't any during that week. But that just means that she caught up, you know, another some week. weeks it's seven, some weeks it's one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah maybe. so oh, but oh, it was, it's but who would even want to have that much sex? <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work it to find all work. well, I don't know. I guess it's different. I'm coming at this from a male perspective where we actually have to go on the quote unquote hunt. If you're a chick and you're looking to do that sort of thing, I guess the hunt basically comes to you. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there was some group sessions there. Uh oh. well, you're right. That so. probably would inflate the numbers too. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But uh, it was just interesting because on I heard from the whatever podcast that there's a website, eight. Well, there's two websites, eights, and one's called the Female Delusional Calculator. Okay. <laughs> and then I found the alternative, which is the Male Reality Calculator. What do these but, do? So you put in your preferences, and uh-huh. then it'll tell you the chances that you'll find somebody. Preferences like what? What do what do these preferences mean? Well, like who you're looking for? So yeah, it goes off of the census data, ah. uh, and the preferences. So like the preferences will be like somebody who's not married. Yeah, yeah. It, somebody with no children, and it will be uh, racial preferences, height preferences, and then like overweight, and then how much they earn. So even even with those limited categories because that didn't go into any political or and it didn't go into things like spirituality the mm-hmm. um sexual promiscuity he doesn't even talk about like you know education level or wealth or like i guess it does a little bit with fitness and health because it talks about overweight situation but when i put in that and what i would consider an average gal Oh, I got something around uh, 2.5% of women would be within my category. And I just find that interesting because if I change it, so then I would accept overweight people. It's 70%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it doubles the amount, I will say there. And then, but I've done the reverse of being like, okay, an average, like, the category that I would fit in and then plus like anybody who's better than me kind of deal, which I would say like, I'm probably like average but like, even then I'm still considered in like top 10%. And, and then that's like, so if there's 10% of me, but I'm looking for 2%, then that's a discrepancy of like 8%. And, it, and, and then I had my friend do it who, uh, well, I don't know. She's she's an all right gal, uh, <laughs> we'll say. But like, and just her preferences, 
is, even though that I would, you know, not not to be disparaging, but I think um, I'm better in certain categories than she is. Is um, in in that situation, like she was closer to one percent, which I think that just kind of shows the discrepancy of like what women want, and right? aka going for the one percent of people. Yeah. Ugh. And what I would consider average is now something around two percent, you know, two three percent of women. <laughs> well, well, that's and, encouraging. That's great to hear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, all you need is one. All you gotta find is one. Well, if uh, women would get over the height thing, uh, I think well, it would drastically yeah. change the dating market. It, it would, it, but it's also like a situation because you know people often talk about like, oh, well, you just you know you got to change them. And but if you look at how society is built currently, it's like you have the you know body positivity movement. So how are you supposed to you you know tell a woman that it, maybe she you know, you guys need to go to the gym together a little bit more. Yeah, or but women aren't or aren't marrying like up in that way. They're they're banging up. Like you can be a six yeah. and like bang a guy that's a ten, and that shouldn't be too hard. But you're not going to get the ten to marry you. So yeah. women aren't getting what they want. Women don't want to be whores. They think they think. do, but they eventually realize yeah. that they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least, at least I'm these days, they're they're conditioned to think that they do. I think. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'm just saying, in order to try and like, you know, making, you know, because there's the thing of it's like, okay, well, if most women no longer fit what used to be average, as far as when it comes to any sorts of political or whatever yeah. aspect, then it's like, well, maybe you can change their mind. It's like, but now you have such proponents of something like feminism or or body positivity that it, to do that, you just you'll just come off as a dick to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the thoughts. Uh, and I'll have to check out this calculator. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Good night. Bye-bye. Okay. Next up is the. Uh, the always enthusiastic Richard Parker. Richard, are you there? Good evening. Hey, What's Dick. on your mind, sir? <laughs> Richard. <laughs> yeah, it um, doesn't, doesn't say seconds. Dick. I wanted to really quickly redirect what I talked about, about limitation of individual autonomy and how we're a product of our culture uh-huh. and the time that we're born in. You know, people born in the boomer generation, the vast majority of them in a collective manner are going to be partial to boomer rock music hippie bullshit, Woodstock, fucking in the uh, woods, in the mud, so on and so forth, because that's that was their cultural milieu. Middle class, upper middle class, American white girls in suburbia, very large number of them are going to be partial to rap music, which should be uh, just obliterated from the face of the planet. Somebody born who comes of age in the 20s or 30s, hot jazz doing the Charleston, that kind of thing. By the same token, you could take a man who was born in 1919 in Colorado, fights for the United States against Hitler or Japan. The fact that he's born in Colorado is going to determine the life that he takes, his mother tongue, so on and so forth. Whereas you could take that exact same person, a clone of him, not born in Colorado, but born in Silesia or Schleswig-Holstein or Bavaria. And instead of fighting for the United States against Hitler, he would almost certainly fight in the vaunted Wehrmacht or even the Waffen-SS per his cultural milieu. 
and he wouldn't have his mother tongue as American English, but as German. And those are just some short examples that show how the lives that we lead are predetermined in drastic and calculable ways by the time period and well, cultural that we're born into. Cer- certainly, I think we, we are products of influence. I wouldn't dispute that point. But my worry about this philosophy is, are, are you saying everything is predetermined? At what point is there no, no individual? No, not everything. I never okay. said that. I okay, said, I'm just, but it, I'm just trying to clarify. It's incalculable. And I think that the Anglo-American tradition that you're very taken with, for example, doesn't fully appreciate that. One other thing I want to say about this is in researching our last discussion, I was reminded that Martin Heidegger talked about this and the concept of Gewolfenheit, which is poorly translated as thrownness as a proficient to fluent speaker of German. I would translate it more closely as the state of being thrust into. And in Seinunzeit, he talks about how the individual is just thrust into an ocean of exterior circumstances from the religion of his parents, which he'll almost certainly take just because the religion that any individual has, it's almost certainly to follow from his family and upbringing his mother tongue, just all these different things, these exterior forces he has no control over, he's just thrown into uh, as dictated by the concept of Govorfenheit that he articulated. Well, see, it's those terms that give me pause. Destiny dictated. Let me give you an example or, or pose a rhetorical question to you. Do you think that certain people are destined for criminality? Predestined or it, it's it's just such a powerful influence that I think that if we're going to attack the forces that threaten Western civilization, we need to move away from the Anglo-American tradition and look more at sort of the Germans, for example, who understand the collective and you know things like Gewurfenheit and you know culture and this kind of thing. What the, what worries me about and I'm. If I'm misunderstanding your philosophy, again, feel free to clarify. I'm not trying to do a gotcha. I'm trying to understand. Um, if if let's let's take the boomer generation. You gave an example of the sexual degeneracy, the drugs. It was a product of influence. Are there excesses or anyone's? I'm not picking on boomers in general. They're just a, an example here. Are there excesses their fault, or if if it's not their fault, whose fault is it? To a certain degree, I mean, there there is some individual autonomy. But, I mean, if you're talking about young people and the conversation we had last time about little white adolescent girls fucking blacks because Sumner Redstone pushes this in MTV and it's peer pressure and all these other things, the amount of individual autonomy and free will they have in that is a scintilla. What? Same thing where you take a man I, born in 1919 dis- Hold on. I have to dispute that premise again because we're taking children in this context and saying, well, they don't have individual autonomy. Nobody but argues that's, that that's children when, have that's individual people autonomy. Are formed. That's what you don't understand. Is what well, where's said, dad, give- though? The whole point is dad is responsible for your autonomy there. Not society, not culture. Well, that da- you that's dad's going job. To, you, no, that battle you're going to lose in the long run. I re- and I didn't no, want to you're going to lose the battle by things. minimizing the father. You minimize the father, you lose every time. I, I don't dispute that Family is of utmost importance, and given my sordid family history, I don't think there's anyone who understands it better than I do. I don't dispute that, but culture is also important. And I looked it up. The Amish are often looked to by the dissident right as a model. 10 to 15% of Amish children defect. There is a reason why the sort of white woman who likes black men is stereotyped as sort of doing it to get back at a racist father. There is a wild card factor, particularly when these elements are primagated and promoted by a very powerful multi-billion dollar mass media phenomenon that the philosophical underpinnings of your ideas about free speech 
could not even envision that the family alone, if you don't do something about the culture, you're going to be, you know, a, a little speck in a sea. No, I, I just I can't grant that premise that someone out there has to shape culture to form my family better than I can. It's form not my somebody. I'm not, I'm not talking about one person. I'm talking about a dark enlightenment where those who want to save Europe and the West and our posterity, because you talk about people's individual yeah, how rights. How do you do that, though? I'm how talking do you, how about you form... our civilization and our race. Hold on. How how do you form those solid cultures? You do it by putting the family first. You do it by making sure that's, that the, that, the first and foremost influence okay. on those children's lives. That's one is component. Their no, it's not one component. It's the component. You cannot. I, I wanted you, to talk. Hold on. I've allowed you to speak. Please allow me to speak. Um, Fair enough. You, you can't build a prosperous society or culture without that building block first. And pointing to anything else as primarily formational, I think, is extremely dangerous i i don't dispute your points that that there are nefarious cultural forces out there bad influences for which we all should look out not just for our own kids but for society in general i i really worry about the premise though that if we're saying that it is primarily the responsibility of society to raise children we are minimizing the role of the father and the role of the parents no it's it's both you need the family but you also need the culture and this is actually the segue what i actually wanted to talk about mostly and that is that I feel that not just your ideas, but these ideas that are part of an Anglo-American tradition, these aren't really things that you or anyone else just kind of conjure unto them. They're part of our philosophical tradition that goes back centuries. And what it's doing is it's weaponizing the phenomena of mass media and the nefarious interests who control that mass media against us. And it is marching our civilization and our race to oblivion. And if you don't do something about, one, the hypnotic control of the mass media that all of the philosophical underpinnings that have influenced you, for example, and others, of course, this is a this is a something larger than you or any one person. This is a, a civilizational heritage that you've inherited this from. You have to accommodate and pivot the fact that there are circumstances, John Stuart Mill, Whatever you get from the Federalist Papers did not account for things like MTV, the mass media, and nefarious interests like Sumner Redstone, George Soros, who wield many billions of dollars to wage their campaign to march us into racial and civilizational oblivion. And okay, there, so there, there needs to be some kind what, of response to that. What is, that's my question. Okay, so that's exactly where I was going to go. What What is the response? What are you proposing? Well, first of all, there was... It, Everything starts with an understanding. And the first thing you have to understand is that the traditions in the Anglo-American world about individual autonomy and that we all have free choice is short-sighted because it is profoundly affected in ways that even I don't fully understand. Well, like I, the last time I called, I tried to talk to you about how I like Transformers because I'm a Gen Xer who's yeah. born in the mid-70s. Like These are things that even I, or even probably Martin Heidegger himself, doesn't fully understand, but they're there. And if you continue to just carry on about free speech in this way, what you're doing is you are giving the average individual a street corner, a voice in the dark, and you are giving Sumner Redstone and George yes, Soros we have to give the these average weapons individual of mass media that are going to destroy us. No, wait, wait, your whole point up. is that the elites have too much control, and so we should deny the voice for the individual, deny the voice for the little guy? The individual doesn't have a voice. Most people just go with. You what, have a voice right now. 
How are you exercising? I, I'm not a typical person. I, I, yes, you I are. A, You're literally an average guy calling into an average guy's show. Uh, do you know my IQ or my academic credentials? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Do you know my no, academic but, credentials? No, you're a guy. No, like, it's like you're, what you're not. You're not, in the, you're not a member of the elite. That's my point. You're not some like high well, society no, guy elite, pulling but, all the strings. No, the vast majority of individuals do not even have a conception of how these exterior forces shape their how lives. How would they know without dissident voices like yours to express it? Well, that's part of what I'm trying to fight. But if you think that you can just have a marketplace of ideas, where it's literally you what you're doing. You no, but you to pit Devin Stack or myself or Blonde against George Soros and some of the Redstone and these other things. When most people don't act in a rational way, most people are subject to the influences I, and the culture and the goal, which okay. ever way. And, and the, the average individual doesn't need to know uh, that they're being subjected to this if we can stop it before it gets to them. They'll just keep living their happy lives. I really see both sides of this. I I, yeah. I can't. Well, I'll get, I'll give you a last word. We do have to move on, but uh, I'll give you a last word. Well, you talk about individual choice, but what this really is, is not the freedom of the individual because the things that the individual wants are so determined by things that he can't even conceptualize as articulated by Martin Heidegger in the concept of Gavorfenite, for example. What you're doing is you, I mean, maybe you're giving someone, you know, a, a street corner where no one will listen, but what it's really doing without a more robust response is it's weaponizing mass media that all of these uh, philosophical underpinnings could not even conceive of. John Stuart Mill had no way to even conceptualize of something like MTV in the 90s or the George Soros Foundation uh, or any of these things. And so it, it isn't about individual freedom. It's about giving free reign to these very powerful interests who, if they're not opposed in a more robust way, will destroy Europe and the West within a generation or two. Yeah, and I, just, indeed, I just don't understand how you intend to do that late. without the ability to speak freely on it. You're not – another way to look at it is I don't want to so much restrict the individual's autonomy – I want to stop Sumner Redstone from peddling gangster rap music or even Madonna back in the 80s as, as wholesome and as trite as she seems. That's what I'm interested in because that's where the real power is and that's where the real influence is. And if you zoom out the graph, you will see that most people operate like a school of fish. They'll go with how their peer pressure goes with the cultural milieu that they're born into. So, you know, a middle-class white girl is going to like rap music because that's what all her friends like. And she's a 14-year-old girl who doesn't really have any individual autonomy and it's going to do of what her course friends not, like. But nobody because- disputes that point. Again, going back to kids and saying that kids are vulnerable to influences, I gather that. I understand that. No, no advocate of individual rights would argue anything otherwise. No one would say that children... Uh, have have those rights in the same way that adults do. But, but that, the but point is, there's the supposed to be an adult. That's when the individual is formed. It's it's like the yeah, poem formed by parents. Child okay. is the father we're, of we're, man. And we're going in the all we're, of our we're tastes, back. All of our we gotta I'm we gotta sorry. let we gotta wrap up. But uh, I appreciate your call and uh, forever to the right. All right, thanks, man. Um, yeah, my worry about this philosophy just eliminating the idea that you have individual responsibility for your choices is a pathway to moral chaos. Uh, it's it's certainly true to some degree, though. 
we are all a product of influences, but that does not remove the responsibility that you have to navigate positive influence from poor influence. If we take this to its full extent, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to be fair to Richard. I I appreciate his perspective and his enthusiasm. So I'm not trying to assign an opinion to him that he may not hold. But if we were to, we were to take this reasoning to its logical extent, I don't understand how you could hold any criminal responsible for any of their activity, unless you can show you know, he lived a perfect life that was free from any poor influence whatsoever, yet still committed this sort of activity. Why couldn't I blame every single thing in my life that is a bad outcome up to and including my own criminality because some nefarious force out there put me up to it? Yeah, but that's you can't reject that we are products of our culture and environment. I don't reject that. I think you have a moral obligation to navigate the good influence from the bad. I think every no, individual that's totally has- true, but it is more. I, I agree with him that it's more difficult for for the average individual. And I don't think that either of you are average per se. You're both high IQ white men. Uh, so so how is how is that average? Most people are stupid, like really really dumb that really dumb but that doesn't excuse them of the same moral obligation everyone everyone they don't have the capacity to discern okay but then our criminals let's i grant your point that when when someone is legally mentally incapacitated we don't hold them legally accountable but but where is that line i suppose are we willing to say that the masses entirely are legally incapacitated and therefore not accountable for their individual. No, of actions. course not. But a threshold does exist. I mean, we treat sub seventy IQ criminals differently in in the legal system. So, like, there is a threshold that has to be. Even that is, and even that is a product of a, an an inability to understand, an inability to think effectively, an inability to right. rationalize through that choice. If we're willing, if we're willing to grant society at large that blanket coverage that it's not your fault, someone influenced you to do this, what is right and wrong at that point? It's just <clears throat> you're a product of whoever put you up to this. It's their fault. And I guess we just go get them, whoever they are. But to me, that's a world of moral chaos too. whoever the accused influencers are. They get the torches. They get the pitchforks. And I, I also don't understand the idea of we have to stand up to these elites who are in control of everything. But but our ability to speak about that freely is of no value to do that. How else do you intend to achieve that without? I don't the- know that he's saying that. I think that we need to what he's saying is I don't want to put words in his mouth that we need to further fortify the virtues of the nuclear family by protecting our culture um, from engaging in this widespread vice. And I I agree with that. I mean, like does pornography and the legality surrounding pornography, does that have any place in a, in a good upstanding functional society? Probably not. The, 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 what we're all getting hung up on is, um, is how we could possibly do that. There's no way to do that at this point in time without you violating basically all of your personal philosophies. And he won't say that, that what we're going to have to do to achieve this is to kill a ton of people. (laughs) Well, that's where you're going to, that's where you're going to lose me. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. If the philosophy is people don't have individual rights or their individual rights can be ignored in pursuit of the greater good, the shining hill on the other side of this storm, we just have to kill enough people to get there. Yeah, I'm out. Those people have rights inherent to their humanity. You are not justified in assuming the role of God over them and taking their lives in pursuit of some perceived 
uh, yeah, I guess, more prosperous like, society on the other side as a matter of morality. George Soros's throat, like none of us are going to be crying over it. Uh, well, I'm not I'm not going to be in favor of cold blooded murder for the guy, even though I agree mm. that he is a net negative in terms of his influence. We're going to have to agree to disagree. You, you want cold blooded murder. <laughs> All right. I, I guess don't it think would... it would be if, if we killed George Soros, I don't think it would be cold blooded murder. I mean, well, the point is you're committed to a process they... of justice. And so absent uh, a process of justice, it is cold blooded. OK, fine. It, we'll, we'll, we'll do some sort of trial, whatever. Yeah. And then firing squads. Anyway, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get an Idaho jurisdiction. We'll bring in the firing squads. <laughs> anyway, I just, I just worry that the, the full extent so of this reasoning, out right now. Uh, it, 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 it throws a lot of moral truth to the side in pursuit of some utopian future. Um, and up to, and including, I think minimizing the role of, of the father in the household, which is one of the most fundamental moral basic truths that there are. Um, <sighs> So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm out on that philosophy, but anyway, I, of course I, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the articulation of it. I like to be, I, I, uh, appreciate the conversation, Richard. Thanks for calling in. Anyway, we're already, as I suspected might happen, we got pushed past our chat break. So, uh, we might have to Let's come back just, to your, uh, come back to the chats and yeah. do, do a few more calls. In there. Uh, thanks uh, for your patience chatters. I appreciate it. We will get back to your chats um, toward the top of the hour. And, and thank you for, for waiting on that. Uh, Joshy boy. Joshy boy. Are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi. What's on your mind? All right. So I wanted to present two. It's mostly for blonde. Because I've been, uh, I haven't been able to get on since I've been working at night. But two things for Blonde and Matt, you can chime in whenever you want. The first one was the Book of Job. I don't know if people explained that to you or talked to you about it or emailed you. And the other was when I don't know when you mentioned this. You said that if I do good, if I be successful, I give all glory to God. But if I fail, it's my fault. And yeah. you said that that felt unfair, correct? Yeah, I I don't remember saying that, but I don't doubt that I did. Yeah. So, which I'm only doing one because, you know, of time constraints, but which one would you rather tackle? The latter. I got latter. so many. Yeah, I got so many Joe follow ups. That... OK, so best I got. I thought about this earlier today on my way to work and the best way I can explain it is something like this. So I can understand how upsetting it is that if I succeed in life, then I'm supposed to give all glory to God. Most will argue that, well, I did this, so why can't I take all the credit? And the best way I can explain that is that look at it from a job standpoint, right? Let's say that your boss gave you a task, correct? And let's say that you do that task very well. Now, it can be acknowledged that you did the work and you did a good job, but all the glory goes to your boss, right? Hmm. Now, if you fail, let's say they gave you another task and you botched that, then it's all on you because it wouldn't make sense for your boss to say, well, it's my fault that this thing got botched. No, it'll be your fault right. because he gave you the task to complete, but you didn't do exactly the way he would want you to do. Oh, it's kind of the same way with God and everything. What I would argue is that God wants, if you do things God, uh, God's way, he's, he's pretty much giving you stuff to succeed. So giving him the glory, you also benefit from that. So even though you're giving all the glory and all the credit to God, you benefit from that from yourself. 
versus if he gave you a task, but you either wanted it to do your own way and you fail at it or you didn't do it at all, then you're choosing to do it your way or choosing not to do it at all. God is not making you not do what he's asking. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, Matt, what do you think of that? Uh, I yeah, I suppose that makes sense. I The trouble for me is I have not read the book of Job in detail, so it's hard for me to to say what angle I come at that piece of scripture from. But mm-hmm. your articulation of it makes sense. I have had a, a few people uh, email me on that topic as well, uh, per the discussion that was that was had prior. But uh, I, I feel like I'm addressing this point sort of in a vacuum because I don't have the contextual mm-hmm. understanding of the scripture to to understand it fully, I suppose. So, yeah, I, I hate to kind of I'm not trying to dodge, but I feel like I'm I'm shooting from the hip on it. And I, if I were to try to opine on it more seriously i'd be kind of making it up and no, doing a disservice to it. so real quickly i can give you a brief overview of job mm-hmm. uh, the book of job is actually one of three books of wisdom so you have proverbs ecclesiastes and job right so job is kind of kind of ties everything together and there's a few points that i kind of wanted to make um since i do listen to podcasts that go deeper into the book of job it's not necessarily the devil himself who's causing this issue with Job. Um, Satan, or as we say it, or the uh, the Hebrew word for it is Hasatan, or basically the accuser or the opposer, right? Think of it as one of his subordinates basically challenging God's um, principle, right? Hey, Job is only doing this because you're giving him stuff, or he's only obeying you because nothing's happening to him. He's kind of challenging guys like, the way you have it set up doesn't seems too uh, black and white. So mm-hmm. I want to test that, right? It's not necessarily, oh, I hate your servant or anything like that. Because God was like, okay, you have an issue with how I run things around here. You want to test that. So here you go. Here's, let's, let's see and find out. So at the end of it all, the problem that Job was having towards the end of the book, because it's a very long read. It's mostly a back and forth between him and his friends. But at the end of it, Job demands that God explain himself on, I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I suffering like this? So God gives him a basically a virtual tour. and says, are you capable of running the universe the way you think it ought to be ran? So Job was trying to argue that God should be governing out of principle rather than out of wisdom. So he was basically arguing the proverbial point where if you do this, if you do this good thing, then good things will happen to you. If you don't do bad, nothing bad will happen to you. Right. Okay. And God was saying that, well, that's not how it always works. Right. You don't know how I'm running things. I run things off of wisdom. So sometimes it is. If you take a situation, like let's say that you get the short end of the stick, even though you're playing by all the rules. Right. But it could be the fact that that might be God trying to teach you something. It's like just because you're playing by the rules doesn't guarantee you a good outcome. Mm-hmm. So it may seem unfair, but also while he is in control, he does allow things to happen. So when people said, how come if he's in control, why is all these thing, bad things happening to, to me or to the good people and everything? And one thing I will counter that with is, so do you want God to use us all as puppets or does he give us free will? So... If I do something bad to you, 
um, and I get away with the scot free, that just may be a situational thing. But he stuff just sometimes that's just life. It can be unfair, but knowing that you can trust God's wisdom and not necessarily the principle you expect him to have is what gave Joe peace. So no matter what comes his way, he'll trust God in his wisdom rather than the principle he thinks that God should run off of. Okay. Yeah. So it, I, I think I follow your points. We're talking about uh, like a, a high. One of the things I commonly hear people say is, is trusting in a higher wisdom mm-hmm. beyond your own comprehension. That is to say, bad things may in fact be part of a, uh, a broader piece of wisdom that your feeble mind can't even possibly understand. And, and so yeah. perhaps that's a big piece of it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm following what you're saying. I suppose that all, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. And I'm just giving you guys a very brief and rushed explanation. Okay. But one of the sources I listen to is the Bible project and they have a, they have a few podcast episodes explaining these three books and they go into deeper detail that kind of, Makes more sense than how I'm able to explain it in this one go, but I thought I'd just give you that quick rundown. No, I, I really it. appreciate that. It yeah. gave me some perspective. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I understand this thing on free will, but I so many bad things befall people that are outside of the realm of the the decisions that they could make, and so I'm like, I, I still just am like, why? And I know some people yeah. that they, that have just had so much, just nonstop suffering their whole lives like can't god give this person a fucking break hmm. Come on. yeah and i i get that too it can be really upsetting so yeah, the, these concepts of free will i think are really interesting as applied yeah. to the prior conversation too this is the point that i'm was thinking about trying to make and maybe i could have made it more clear or maybe you've made it more clear that without mm-hmm. the idea of free will the concept that you have the choice uh, yeah. to, of your own actions, of your own trajectory, of your own pathway through life. Remove that concept. Is there a such thing as good or bad? Yeah. Not yeah. really. You were destined to go a certain way. You were destined to be this person. You were destined to do these things. You can't really mm-hmm. be good or bad absent the concept of free will. You had yeah. no choice. It was always going to happen that way. You're neither a good guy nor a bad guy. <clears throat> yeah. You're, just, in that, you're, in you're more so just... You're more so just playing a role at that point. Yeah. yeah. So it's like take movies, games, any books. Nobody in there has a free will. They're on a set path, right? Mm-hmm. Take the AI, for example. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. So I thought I'd just drop that on you guys and see what you thought. Yeah. Thank you. That uh, was thanks, insightful. Thanks for the thoughts, man. Appreciate it. All righty. Y'all have a good night. You as well. Bye, you too. Okay. A ot A? How do I pronounce this? Aota? How do I say this? <laughs> it is Aota, Matt. Aota. Okay. Well, this, see, the second capital A threw me off. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that, you know. That's because it's an abbreviation. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. Uh, well, what's on your mind? Do we lose him? Oh, no. You're still No, 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 okay. no, no. It's just, just give me a moment. I have a lot on my mind. Uh, I've been listening to the other callers, and I have, to, I have some agreements, some disagreements. First agreement is no. First disagreement is no, we're not going to be able to vote our way out of this. I mean, keep trying to vote while you can. Yeah. Um, It's it's not going to get any easier voting, especially since they've demonstrated that they could steal any election they want. And they typically only target 
only the places where it matters. Anyway, the reason why I would like to spell out why it's it's net voting has not worked ever since uh, the abrogation of the Russo-American Treaty. Have you heard about that, Matt? I would not be a great Russo-American Treaty mind. No, enlighten me. Uh, well, I'm not that great either. I just have a. I just know the basics, and once you know the basics, you realize, holy shit, we're never voting our way out. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, okay. I'll Google it while you go on, so I know exactly what we're talking uh, about here. Okay. Well, I get my information from a book that was. Kind of hard to find. Okay, so the American-Russo Treaty, the abrogation of the Russia Treaty, was mm. established in 1832 and allowed for the reciprocal liberty of commerce and navigation and guaranteed mutual freedom of entry for citizens on both sides. Sounds perfect. Why would we ever abrogate that? Well, it was due to some... How should I put it? Um, goblins. Greedy goblins. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, wow. Carry on. YouTube. I'm waiting for you to smile, blonde. Okay. Uh, That's Neil bait right there, but carry on. Okay. So these greedy goblins, they were stirring up all kinds of shit in Russia. They were assassinating prime ministers and uh, just, well, anyway, the people (laughs) were getting tired of their shit, and so they started to... uh, Get get going with the pogroms and <laughs> okay. I thought I imagined this easier than it was. And uh, yeah, I lost my paperwork. This 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 was a planned okay. uh, narrative, you say? All right. Yeah, yeah, it was a planned narrative, yeah. and it all went to shit, just like just like our freedoms. Oh well. Um, you win some, you lose some. Okay, so um. Was there a was there a serious point? I, not that you weren't being told. Uh, okay, okay. But okay. was there well, a, anyway. a serious broader point you were trying to get to? Okay. Well, anyway, this uh, small group of greedy goblins, made up of just a handful of men, bankers, lawyers, uh, they approach uh, Taft and uh, tell him, "Okay, we want you to. Uh, uh, we're going to. Um, we want you to abrogate this treaty with Russia because uh, they're ki- they're killing our people." Mm-hmm. They're killing like hundreds of massacring us. You have to, you have to, you have to rescind it or abrogate it. And how how was the treaty supposed to stop the killing? What was what was it about the treaty that would do that? Well, it was not supposed to stop the killing. It was just supposed to put external pressure on Russia as oh, they like a sanction to, type uh, thing or something. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I guess if it's a treaty with between Russia and America, it was an agreement. This was not to Russia's benefit, though? Yeah, it was to both uh, America and Russia's benefit, which is why it surprised them whenever America uh, ever, uh, got rid of it. Uh, okay, so Taft, he... Oh, this, said, you're saying no, they I'm got... Not- just so I'm, You're saying they got rid of a treaty? Because this treaty I'm looking at is from 1824. Did they establish the treaty or did they remove a treaty? Uh, it was established in... Well, early 1800s, yeah. ballpark it there. And then it was abrogated on December 20th of 1911. And you're saying uh, that, that the, that, effort, the effort to stop the killing was the 
severance of that it, treaty then? Uh, well, not not just the killing. It was only just like a 47 pogrom here, 12 here. And uh, that was basically it. Um, keep, keep asking me questions. Uh, I, I, I can focus whenever you ask me questions. All right. I'm just I'm just trying to uh, follow the the historic the the historical events here to make sure that we're okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Taft he Taft said he he's like no that's 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 crazy. Uh, uh, this treaty does us good. We're I'm not I'm not gonna get rid of it. Uh-huh. And so then in their early early uh, 1910 yeah 1910 uh, they fire up the New York Times to do uh, writing programs, op-eds, and uh, and pro-abrogation rallies featuring luminaries like uh, William Hurst and Woodrow Wilson. And they managed to... Okay, so in about a year, no, 11, 11 months after... Eleven months after, after right, they we, started, we are short. Of, we're getting short on time here, so we we got to wrap yeah, up the the big point. I know. Okay. Well, anyway, ever since they managed to force uh, just a small handful of men managed to force uh, for the first time ever in American history uh, our, our government and the president himself to change our foreign policy hmm. at that moment, it didn't matter who you put in office. Mm, yeah. Because at this point you had this powerful group of politically, uh, politically savvy, financially savvy and legally savvy people who look very much like us, but are not us. Yeah. They act like a, a nation within a nation that controls that nation. And they didn't like whenever the Russia expelled their fellow goblins from okay. Russia. And so All right. had to get back at it. I will have to look into the history of the uh, the old Russo Russo American treaty. <laughs> Is it Russo or Russo? How am I supposed to say that? I don't know. I guess Russo, right? But it's Russian. Anyway. Uh Thank you for the thoughts. Uh, thanks for calling. Maybe, maybe I'll be calmer next time. All right. Well, oh, don't worry. First thanks, time calling. Thanks for calling him in. Have a good night. Brutal. Okay. <laughs> brutal. I've heard brutaler. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I, I don't know the history of any of that. So it's hard for me to say. I don't know if that's correct. Incorrect. That would be news to me. I've never heard the history of the, uh, the Russo russo american treaty before uh anyway let's take one more before we get into our email callers uh zola you get last word tonight or email question oh, okay. it's not callers i'm my brain's fried you. it's that time of night but zola you, what's bud. on your mind oh perfect um well i want to take my time since it is easter to talk about easter topic sure so um, yes, uh, Easter, it's the best holiday of the year. I mean, or it should be the best holiday of the year. You know, Christ is risen. We wouldn't have Christmas if we didn't have Easter. 
you know, if we didn't have if we didn't have Christmas, we would lose like what one chapter in the Bible. If we didn't have if we didn't have Easter, we wouldn't have the whole Bible at all. True. So true. this is the best holiday. Um, but also, uh, just wanted to say uh, that there are no political solutions. There are only a spiritual solution. Hmm. Um, we live. We are living through the last days of Rome. I don't know. I, I mean, Rome took hundreds of years to fall apart, but we are in a collapsing society. There, there is no political solution to this. Um, we only have to become spiritually and better, uh, stronger people, um, or we're going to get wiped out in the collapse. I mean, we, uh, you know, there is it's it's totalitarian. There is no convention of states. Uh, it's the citizenry that's that's become subpar, and you know, we're a fallen people. There's no bouncing back. So the old convention of Christ it is, you say. Indeed. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I'm, it's, uh, well, I, 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 I've been perpetually pushed in that direction by the failures and the degeneracy that you're describing. So I can't uh, dispute I mean, we, that it would have, be beneficial. We have not one political party, but two political parties that are our, that are our enemies. I mean, the yeah. Republicans are not on our side, oh, and yes. the Democrats are not on our side. Right. You know, in but ways, having a spiritual. Anything... Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, I'm I'm saying that having a spiritual Sorry, solution to all of this is, it should be reassuring for people because then the weight of what are we going to do? What are we going to do? If everybody uh, decides to have a spiritual solution about this, I think that that society would follow suit well and and being spiritually and philosophically grounded is how you make yourself well suited for all of the future's conflicts and predicaments exactly yeah so even if uh even if we end up going through hell regardless in this particular instance um that sort of um philosophical forethought will benefit you for the foreseeable future anyway yeah, I mean, you know, what? How do you, how is society built, right? It's it's built on individuals, and then it's built on families, and then it's really, I think, it's really built on like church communities. Mm-hmm. You know, people you would, you'd see at church, your neighbors, your your yep. immediate, mm-hmm. um, you know, neighborhood. Um, and what our families are destroyed. We believe in all sorts of degeneracy about the self. We're we're destroyed as individuals. You know, we were the least uh, uh, faithful uh, we've ever been in, in society ever. You know, we've got the max amount of people who don't believe in God, which has been central to society forever. Um, so they're, you know, read your Bible. Uh, find out which church is true. Not like, you know, go and search up a bunch of churches. But yeah. I really like it even said, it says this in James 1, 5, like um, ask. Uh, let's see, I pulled it up here. Asking you shall receive, not knocking it shall be open unto you. You know, like if you can't find out which church you like, Matt, just you know, pray and ask God Himself, right? Yeah, He'll He'll tell yeah. you. And I I think your points about as goes uh, the the church or communities organized around it, so goes the rest of society. Yeah, we're watching that happen, and that's oh, another yeah. thing that I've considered in recent years too. I mean, uh, in the same way, I've watched Rick Santorum become a prophet on all things. <laughs> social issues i when i was younger i used to think okay yeah i mean uh it's crazy people of faith tend to have good solid communities but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to you have to do that to be a good person who lives a good life 
And then we started experimenting with leaving that institution behind. And uh, lo and behold, it, it turns out that the glue that that institution represents is is very, very important for society to function, but for the individual to function too. Uh, we we really seem like a, well, I don't know. I just, I, I think that there's something about human psychology that we have to have uh, that role of idol. You either pick a true idol or a false idol. Uh, right. And that's, I think, I think that's just the way that it is. So uh, choose wisely. We're choosing the wrong ones. We're choosing a whole bunch of nonsense. We're choosing the Dylan Mulvaney's of the world. And, uh, hit the rewind button on all this. Let's go back. We, we made a wrong turn. Turn around. Well, I, I just hope we can turn around and make the choose the right fork in the road before it gets too bad. But Zoli, you sound like you're you're maybe pessimistic about that. We're destined for some struggle, but maybe we can get through it with proper spiritual attitude. I believe, Matt, that we are in the last days, whether that's 100 years, 200 years from now. We have we have transgender. We have people advocating for the the castration of children. I mean, yeah. this is this is biblical level of degeneracy. And not oh, just yeah. that, but um, you're the bad guy if you oppose them. You're evil. Oh, yeah. If oh, you yes. oppose them, yeah. The Bible's told told us about this. Good will be called evil, and evil will be called good in the last days. And you know, that's we are ripe for destruction. Well, we we deserve to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, ba- we we are the modern day. Babylon. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, what I wanted to say was, um, you know, from Dennis Prager, ironically, uh, you know, if everyone lived the Ten Commandments, we would live in a utopia. And I think that's that's itself. You it's know, pretty pretty simple set of rules. You, you'd think it'd be easier than it is, apparently. Right. Like, don't murder. Keep us out there, honor your parents. We ran don't, into trouble uh, with that one earlier. Don't murder. There's a little bit of negotiation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't well, absolute, murder, right? Murder there, we got to look in the penumbras. We got to look in the penumbras of life. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Right. Well, there, there is some. Not that I uh, am endorsing cold blooded murder per the prior conversation, but there is certainly truth <laughs> to what you're saying that thou shalt not kill. Um, is not to be interpreted in the literal sense as in I'm unjustified for a defensive kill. For example, someone's trying to take my life. I kill him in response. Uh, th- I don't think that that would be a ten, uh, a violation of the 10 commandments to the point that you're making. No, no, no. There's a lot of killing in the Bible done righteously. You know, that that's yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. But I mean, coming from a Jew himself, he, he is correct about, about the Bible. About some things, all um, right, <laughs> but not to disparage all Jews. I mean, I mean, Christ did say, you know, uh, beware the false Jews. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if he's false or not, but there are many false Jews running our society. But anyway, okay. um, yes, Christ is risen. He, he did come out of his tomb. He has restored his true church on the earth. Uh, but you know, uh, go and find it. Go and find it. Pray and ask God Himself. Don't, don't take my word for it. Um, hail Christ, he is uh, the risen Lord, and we should all be following his commandments. And uh, yeah, prepare for the collapse. I, I take care of yourself spiritually, read your Bible, read your read your scriptures, yeah. follow the prophet. Well, thank you for the thoughts, and thank you for uh, the the refreshing optimism in the context of the black pillism, if that makes sense. That's I, true. I, yeah. I appreciate your your perspective on that. 
Um, and thanks for calling. Yeah, me. If, I mean, if you don't have God, you're truly alone. So, uh, yeah, God and that and, and that is guys. true. Whether you're sitting on a, a mountain of of wealth and and uh, just all, everything amazing that the Earth has to offer, or whether you're on your last breath, uh, dying in the gay war, <laughs> there there there's there's a need and utility for that. And you're you you're lost. I think I certainly think you're lost without that that moral truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the Antichrist will come and lead the gays and persecute the Christians yeah. and uh, many signs. We, we are in the we are in the end times, so yeah. All you right. Know, well, uh, happy Easter. Re- uh, read your Bible this Easter. You know, like you would, uh, you know, read your Christmas Christmas verses. Open up, read your Bible, read about Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And amen. Good night. All right. Thank you, man. Good night. Appreciate it. Okay, we will uh, hop into our email questions. Uh, thanks to all our callers tonight. And again, thanks uh, to our chatters for your patience. We will get to those shortly. Or maybe we should, should we read a few chats before we hop into the email questions? No, let's just, all right. we'll, leave a few, so we'll, well, we appreciate the patience of the chatters. We will get to you and thank you for supporting the show. But uh, we'll read our email questions now as a reminder, if you'd like to send in an email question, the one and only way to do it is through the contact page of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact and look for the call-in show question form. That's how we accept them and that keeps us organized. So thanks for going there. Uh, first up tonight is Charlie. You said there is um, no such thing as a separate of separate natural rights for women. And I agree. In that case, should we dismantle all privileges bestowed by legal adjudications and customs provided to either sex or should we leave um, inequality when it comes or sorry, when it seems like it evens out overall examples of inequality among the sexes include prison sentencing, custody judgments, levels of pay, uh, use of public services and amount of sympathy granted. Right. I assume it was you talking about uh, separation of natural rights, but um, unequivocally, yes, we should we should not have any. Uh, of these disparities in the legal system. It's the entire point of having a methodical judicial system to eliminate biases and inequality for, for committing the same crime. I've espoused that the entire time I've been on YouTube. Um, yes, of course. I mean, and, and, I, and who could possibly even decide like it evens out overall. I mean, I, I would agree <clears throat> that if I accept the premise that there isn't a such thing as separate natural rights for women, which I as we discussed last week, I generally do because I, I I can't think of any. And so I'm going to say that there aren't any. And I remain open to challenge on that, of course, if if someone has thoughts otherwise, because this is not something I've thought about before. But let me push back on your perspective with what I think is a piece of your own perspective. If <laughs> if women lack agency. Or have a lower degree of agency relative to men. Why shouldn't they be punished less severely for the same crime? Yeah, I mean, I accept that. My answer to that is that we have to overcorrect to deal with our inequality problem. Oh, so we, more severe for a little while. Maybe. I mean, yeah. what is that going to get women back in line? Well, it's frustrating because this is a point that all the feminists of the world, we should agree on these things, but this is where feminism gets exposed because feminism wants um, the equal... Equally beneficial things, but not equal responsibility when it comes to things like the draft, when it comes to things like criminal punishment. Well, then, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, We don't want any of that sort of equality. We're out. 
at that. Okay, point. fine. So like, let's say we get no benefits, but also take no responsibility. I'm fine with that system too. Hmm. So like, I can't uh, get any of my husband's money in a divorce, but if I negligently run over him with my car, it's fine. Right. <laughs> but if he negligently runs over you, life death in prison. Sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Death sentence. Okay. I didn't even say that you died. You might survive the negligent running over. <laughs> Still death sentence. I'd be <laughs> so mad. Thanks for the um, uh, question. Was Brown it Charlie? I forget. Anyway. Bricks. It was Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Muhammad used to wear his wife, Aisha, whom he married when she was six, consummated when she was nine. Clothes would suckle on the tongues of young boys and is noted to have uh, often left his clothes covered in semen stains. Muslims who shame the West for its sexual depravity are either illiterate dimwits who do not understand their own cult or are deliberately deceiving you. Why should we view such people, the disciples of a false satanic prophet, prophet as anything but enemies, much less allies? I hear you. I hear you. But. But, yes. When it comes to widespread sexual degeneracy particularly the tranny thing it is almost totally absent in um in muslim countries however there is a culture of what we would consider to be pedophilia for sure uh marrying very young brides and then there's also this you know afghan dancing boys thing where there's a, a homosexual culture of of um uh pedophilia as well so i'm not acting like they don't have any problems. They, they clearly have major, major, major problems. But I do not believe that they want to integrate into Western societies. Um, it's different in Europe. I think it's different in Europe. In America, I don't see Muslims wanting to take over America in, in the absence of us oh, okay. messing with I thought you were countries. saying they want to... I thought you were saying they they will or want to integrate in Europe. You're saying just domination, not even integration, but domination. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't see that as much in America, which is why um, my opinions on Islam has, seem to have really pissed off a lot of Europeans. The migrant crisis there is a a terrible, terrible problem. We don't have this problem with Muslims in America. We really just head don't. down to southern Idaho. You'll find yeah, some problems. Really. Um, and, you know, uh, what's that ice cold city? Minneapolis. Uh, yes, uh, little Mogadishu at this point. Um, and I also believe that they're disciples of a false satanic prophet. They're heretical, clearly. Um, but something that the left is vastly superior on is is using groups of people to achieve the same ends and then when it's appropriate, disbanding and becoming enemies again. Hmm. I think that we should be doing that to some degree. Like if we need to use the Muslim perspective and their impervious cloak of of Islam where where they cannot be criticized by anybody in western nations to deal with this tranny problem like i will go back to making fun of uzbek food culture the next day if we can deal with this like <laughs> I, I can't wait I to see care. blonde being carried like daenerys by muslims <laughs> to go fight against antifa in the gay war but then somehow slaughtering <clears throat> them all in the end this is going to be this is really going to conclude this is going to wrap up your character arc very nicely totally yeah don't you think we need to be dealing with problems uh based on on their current necessity like this well, tranny thing is like issue number one like I, issue number one yeah i mean uh, in general i'm i'm skeptical of the idea that that the enemy of my enemy is my friend because um 
they very well might be an enemy of yours for a different reason. And I think with Islamic culture, for the most part, we're looking at, at, at something like that. Now, I suppose, are there situations where you both face a common enemy that is so large and so severe that you it, it's destruction for both of you if you do not ally to fight it? Perhaps. Uh, I, I just want to be very careful about how we make such alliances. Because if you're too... No, I totally understand. If you're too open to those yeah. things, you end up sacrificing your, your most important values. And uh, I, I wouldn't want to do that, obviously. But um, the question here, should they be anything... But enemies, well, I, I mean, in general, most of Islamic culture I view as, as fundamentally incompatible with the culture of the West overall. Agreed. There's yeah. also a question though, of what do you do about your enemies? Because on your, your enemies still have to have a place of their own with their own sort of autonomy, their own sovereignty. Right. I, my enemy, I don't think that by virtue of being my enemy, you are supposed to be destroyed or something like that. Like ju- because you're my philosophical ideological enemy that entitles we just me. need to separate yeah yeah, yeah. well but at, i don't seek the destruction of islamic culture i think that it has a lot of bad ideas frankly i would like it if people would change their mind about those ideas but i don't think that i have a moral justification for going in there and trying to change minds by force that's what i would clarify about viewing them as as the enemy um it yeah, doesn't yeah, mean totally like destroying them or something like that. Um, the other thing I'll say before we move on, because we're kind of tight against the clock is that Muslims um, generally, and I know all about the concept of Takia and everything like that, but they are a brutal, but they're a straight up people. You know, I know what I'm getting from Muslims. They're going to come into our countries and they're going to outbreed us and they're going to enslave and rape the women and they're going to take over and blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. I, I hear it from them. They aren't practicing a lot of subversion. And I feel like they're more easily dealt with than other groups of people. They, they just want to fight. Like Stone Age fights. Now, that's the way that they, it's just force. That's how they're dealt with in their own countries. That's how they deal with uh, their own people. And like that, I feel like it's not that hard of a strategy, right? If we have to fight with them after we're done. We're I don't know. Fight. They've had a pretty good run uh, in some of the, the theaters of war we've selected. So I wouldn't be so confident about that, but anyway, uh, gab user blonde. Do you ever feel like certain people screwed you? I was listening to one of, uh, the Fuhrer's speeches today. Susan didn't delete that one, huh? And when he described the, the rootless cosmopolitan, I was like, shit, that kind of sounds like me. I'm a proud white man, but I am connected to the soil of the pacific northwest or but am i connected to the soil of the pacific northwest not really i pray my children and their children will uh, will be in a couple generations your thoughts uh yeah that's definitely true but this rootless cosmopolitan thing which also afflicts me is more of an american problem jesse lee peterson the other day was was like do you think that people in america are worse off than people in europe and i've been thinking about it i'm like well their, their migrant crisis is worse but they have these smaller countries where there's more individual autonomy in, in that in that country. The EU is a huge problem, of course. Um, but in America, what does somebody that lives in Georgia, like down home Georgia, have in common with an elite Manhattan Manhattanite? I mean, truly, in the same country, do are we seeing that many disparities? Apart from migrant populations in European countries, I don't really think so. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I hope that my, my children have more of a connection to where we're bringing them up than, um, than I did a real Christian. All right. God. All right. Here we go. Matt, I honestly find it offensive that you believe in some sort of nebulous objective morality based on your own limited, inherently flawed view of the world, not digging at you, bro. We're all finite human beings, but refuse to submit your life to the lawgiver, the creator of all things, the Lord Jesus Christ. Shit or get off the pot. Starting to feel like very Peterson-esque. Do you actually appreciate the morality of Yahweh or are you just into it for the intellectual stimulation and conversation starters? All right, I'm just going to well a real christian has chimed in to bully to bully me into his worldview so uh i'm convinced he did it he told me (laughs) i have that was it a real christian it wasn't the year of bible study that i've done it wasn't thinking about this on a weekly basis sincerely with people reading over the scripture and trying to understand and formulate my thoughts it's that you bullied me and said shit or get off the pot but i'm not taking a dig at you bro yes you are yeah, of course. I find it offensive. Cool. Be offended. <laughs> Fuck you. Be offended about that. <laughs> You're douchebag. Be offended I about put that. I this in the notes and I was like, oh no. Uh, objective <laughs> morality. Your own nebulous conception. No, no, that's the that's the point. It's not my own nebulous conception. There is a such thing as right and wrong out there. It exists outside of me. Everyone seems to have a conception of this. How and why? That's what I'm trying to find out. Mm-hmm. So the idea that I have some nebulous concept that I just assigned to everyone else. No, no, it's the exact opposite. There's a concept that exists out there independent of me that everyone seems to obey. Why? That's what I want to know. Okay, so that's the, that's the starting point. It's not subjective and nebulous at all. Um, and, and this whole question is so presumptuous. <coughs> you, you refuse to do this. On, on what basis do I refuse? I, I remain open to this actively participating on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. How is that refusal? Uh, and and uh, as far as I can tell, this is just submit to you. Submit to your instruction to me. This is not, this isn't even submit to Jesus. This isn't submit to biblical scripture. This is just submit to what you tell me to do. You want to take, you want to get a tip about convincing people? Go back to that last caller who wanted to have an actual yeah. conversation about reading scripture, consider, considering the value that it provides to your life in times of struggle, considering the objective truth of it. If you believe that the scripture is the God's truth, you will have faith that it will lead me to that. You will not bully me into it, into accepting it simply because you tell me to, because a real Christian is offended. Oh my God. If I've offended a real Christian, (laughs) God forbid, I sound like Jordan Peterson. I have to (laughs) say it's much more important that I sound like a real Christian than Jordan Peterson, but no offense. I'm just going to compare you to a guy I don't like, but no offense, bro. Um, are you doing this for intellectual curiosity? Yes. Yes. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> what, what reason are you? That's the whole point. That's the whole point. I'm, I even have this platform on which to speak at all is intellectual curiosity, trying to find the truth. If you don't like that, I haven't arrived at what you say is the truth to, to suit your taste quick enough, be offended. I don't know what else to tell you, but That's the whole point. The only reason you send in this question in the first place is intellectual curiosity. That's what brought you here. That's why you participate. I reject this idea that that's some stupid reason to be 
participating in a Bible study or, or considering these, these uh, concepts. And I don't hear you try to intellectualize faith to a really annoying degree. Like you understand, and I've heard you say before that, that part of faith is mystical and that's something that you struggle with and you're aware of. It would be so much more dishonest for me to get in front of this audience and say, that's it guys. I've wholeheartedly accepted Jesus Christ fully. Now, obviously I place enough value in it and I have enough curiosity about it to pursue it on a weekly basis, honestly, with my community that I've built to do exactly that. I don't know what else to tell. I can't be more honest than that. Yeah. You're asking me to get up here and do exactly as you say and lie to other people on your behalf so that you're not offended because you're a real Christian. This is, this is the thing, real Christian. I've interacted with more real Christians in the last year than at any time in my life. Nobody has personally set me back more steps in my persuasion than you have. Not that I'm going to reject the philosophy based on him, but every other person I've interacted with has been sincerely interested in convincing me, yes, but leading me on a path of curiosity. You're doing the exact opposite. Don't be curious. Do what yeah. I fucking tell you. Yeah. That's this not an ineffective con- mode of proselytizing. That, that you want to turn people off. You want to turn people away from the truth. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to bully people and tell them, Oh, you haven't met my standard and I'm offended. And you're like Jordan Peterson or some other idiot. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> a- absolute joke. I'm offended. A real Christian. I'm offended by the idiocy here. And your, your response is going to be, yeah, who cares? Correct. Who cares? Get back to searching for the truth. I wish you the best in that. That's it. Okay. I should have just not put it in the notes. In the <laughs> no, you should have. He wants it answered. Uh, he's he's going to get his answer. But, uh, uh, well, I think that was I, a good I, love, <laughs> uh, I really don't like how you've opened yourself to this concept sincerely and been as honest about it as you possibly can be. I found that really off-putting, and I'm going to tell you to say what I want you to say. Well, that's it's what helpful a, to people that are also having struggles of faith. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what a damn joke, dude. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. Is this one, did I read well, the last just, one? Last thing. The idea that <laughs> Mr. Real Christian... For all you know, I have had an epiphany in my head. Like I have had a moment of clarity that has caused me to think sincerely about these things. And unless I confess it to you, I I have not sufficiently done my job. I have to make sure that you, a real Christian, are that you can't even grant me the privacy of my own experience with this. I think that you would be under moral obligation to tell your audience you had a conversion experience. Of course, I've been following this journey. I probably would. But this is this is my point is unless I do it on his terms, it's illegitimate. Let's say that last week I had something really change in my mind. And I'm thinking, man, I want to think about that a little more. I want I I need some additional contemplation on that to try to work my way through it. You have no idea what's going on in my mind. Yeah. Nor are you entitled to it. And if you're interested in influencing what's going on in my mind i welcome that hence this show but if you're gonna tell talk to us if you're gonna tell me i have to do this or else and the or else is i'm offended you can go fuck yourself it's as simple as that he literally said offended didn't he yes (laughs) oh boy i think you're up ben shapiro's wife's boyfriend (laughs) oh 
Okay. Assuming they're of age, Calvin brings home a butch, fat, uh, blue hair, or Emmeline brings home a blue-haired beta with a high-pitched voice, one of the Shapiros. Would you intervene? Would you let it go? Or would you... Would the other half... What would the other half uh, think and why? That's tough. I mean, because when you say no to a, a kid in a dating situation and they're trying to rebel, they will... I think they're more likely to become sexually active with that person. Hmm. Uh, so you're you're gonna do the old reverse psychology? I love. No, that. no, that's not okay. that's not gonna work either. I mean, I guess the goal for parenthood is to prevent this from happening. But like, there would be what age did they say? It says just no of age. age. Um. Oh, I think I would just be honest and be like, listen. Um you are never ever going to have sexual satisfaction with this man ever. It's just never going to happen. And you will always be making all the decisions. Is that what you want? Do you want to wear the pants? Do you want to have to do all this stuff your whole life? Always decide what you're going to eat, make all sorts of financial decisions. And additionally, never have any orgasm. Like what's, what is the point? (laughs) What's the point of any of this? They're both blue haired, by the way, that's really unfair to the blue hair people. Um, I don't know. I would have to approach this honestly and just hope that I've instilled enough confidence in her decision making and intelligence that she would be like, this is a bad show. You know, regardless of who his choice of future girlfriend is, if he's not a man, we're talking about he's a minor of some point, say late teens. uh, I'm going to have questions for him regardless of who that person is. That's not to say that I'm going i'm going to be equally skeptical of all of them but no matter who it is i i would like him to be able to explain to me why why this person what is the attraction what are the values that this person holds that you think uh, are worthwhile and that you share and if he can explain that to me i i guess what i'm saying is i will always philosophically challenge him i'm not sure that i would exercise a parental veto Unless there was some, the threat that it posed was was beyond merely philosophical, I suppose. It would have to be something greater than that. Like, she, I don't know. What if she's like a a criminal or a single mom with no, a dad a who mom. wants to kill him or something? Yeah. Um, I, the, the art of parenthood, at least as far as I understand it in my early experience with it is crafting the sort of person that you are confident in and trusting in to go out and navigate the world effectively. Right. And if I don't trust my son to make good quality judgments, and I know this is something of a gray area because we're probably talking about late teen years here, sort of on the cusp of that. But if I don't trust him to go out and make those evaluations for himself, that's as big of an indictment on me as a parent as it is on, on his potentially foolish mind at that point. So you have to you have to cut them free at some point maybe this is if they're 16 maybe that's too early um maybe if he's 18 at a certain point i i think that i i don't know how about this think about it this way let's say your son is is 30 and picks someone you can't stand for a whole bunch of reasons would you tell him that yeah i think I think I would probably be honest about my opinion, but I wouldn't state it in a way that's like, you will not do this. Of course. 
You, you no, lose I mean, your authority just, at some point. Marrying the, the wrong person. Is like, it's, that's a life ruiner. Yeah. So, uh, I'm for ideological reasons, I'm going to withhold any veto, but I will have a philosophical discussion about why he's chosen this person. That would be my strategy. An exhaustive philosophical discussion, yeah. so much so that Calvin is like, no, fine, whatever, I'll dump this person. He, yeah, he's, he's dead from boredom. <laughs> Keith, do you think individuals like Alex jo- Jones poison the well on certain topics for the right? I find him entertaining in general, aligned with the right, it seems, his presentation style tends to communicate low class to people in more elite upper class circles who would otherwise be receptive less uh, than mainstream ideas. Um, while he seems to be correct, let's just say ballpark 80, 90% of the time, there are times when he just is not careful with the facts. He has guests with dubious reputations, such as Q grifters before January 6th, and he overextends the implications of certain facts. While I understand that the left does all of this, and then some, it seems like the right cannot afford to have someone so reckless like this with such an outsized voice for us. Uh, no, I think he plays a valuable a valuable part. It, it, not everybody can be like this exhaustive intellectual like Jordan Peterson because that style reaches nobody. And and what's the problem with having somebody well, it doesn't that's reach here? Nobody, but I... well, on the left, I don't they're, think Jordan they're... Peterson's reaching anybody on the left. It's Alex Jones, though. That's that's the comparison no. that we're making. So, no, no, no. Um, and they say the same thing about our intellectuals. Like they just say that they're stupid. I think that, I think that having somebody that's firmly in the camp of entertainment value is fine and it's good for morale on the right. Um, I'm not totally convinced that he's not a fed, but he has sacrificed a lot, which is one of the litmus tests for feds, right? He's, he's really put up a good disguise. No, I think uh, to the point that you're making there, I actually think that for the most part, a lot of people on the left would look at Jordan Peterson and Alex Jones as more similar than different. I know that sounds crazy because they're drastically different in their styles, approaches, and even perspectives. But I think as soon as you are a a quote unquote enemy of these people, they don't give a rat's ass. They don't. I I guess what my point is, even absent Alex Jones, someone will be the Alex Jones. They, they, they make these villains out of people, whether they deserve it or not. And so, man, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't want to be too accusatory with Keith. Cause I, obviously he can't articulate his position, uh, in the moment right now. So I don't want to, uh, mix it up into something that it isn't. Um, but I, I can't take the position that if only we presented ourselves better to these people, that if only we, that they would listen. Like yeah. what argument to not transing the kids are they going to listen to? Take Jordan Peterson's <laughs> articulation of why take Alex Jones's articulation of why you're still going to be the same bad guy to them. Totally. And, and I just, any appeasing or surrender, I just don't think is, is functional. In fact, I think, I think both of those approaches have, serious value there's there's something to be said for entertainment factor and just being outrageous and there's something to to be said for being thoughtful and philosophically sound so my preference would be both uh both and 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 but i i don't think that there's any approach that we can take that's going to earn the favor of these people and i I also don't think that their favor is something that we want a lot of these people are morally bankrupt lost bad guys for lack of a better term. And I, 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 there's a time in my life where I wouldn't have even said that. Oh, they're just people with different philosophies. I don't know the point of the prior caller. When we start talking about mutilating kids in the, in the right. 
in the but for the purpose of of ideology i mean i think we are talking about a lot of evil in this case so um no just yell at them more (laughs) that's what we should be doing we should be doing more alex jones we should mock this absurdity for what it is we should laugh at these people we should we should mock them we should make i think the only thing that's going to work in the most like the fairest thing we could do to them is make them intellectually uncomfortable by being confrontational that's the fairest treatment that you could give them and i think alex jones does that and there's a place for that he might be controlled opposition though i don't know He does make us look really dumb. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't view him as that much of a, of a negative, uh, but well, cause he's I mean, funny. I mean, I, yeah. I, well, I don't know. It's I, if people were to accuse me of like being an InfoWars fan or something, it'd be like, okay, so like, oh, and, no. and what? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't consider that to be some defamatory thing or something. Me neither. Dangerous, uh, totally not Bluey's dad spaces. Today, guys, I went back and rewatched Matt's video from a couple weeks ago about the scary AR-15 at Uvalde. That reporter isn't the only person ever to claim that police are too scared to charge down an AR. I double-checked to see if Matt covered a certain point that he didn't, so I would love to hear your opinions. Let's, for argument's sake, say that the police are scared of confronting somebody wielding an AR-15. Let's also, for argument's sake... uh, that a a plan or a bill of a law would or a bill or a law would eliminate or to eliminate AR-15s was somehow passed. How could that work? One suggested method is a buyback, which is a stupid term. But if hardly anyone sells their guns back to the government, cops are and cops are apparently too scared to face down an AR-15 in order to confiscate them. So what then? I don't for a second believe that these people really believe that cops are too scared but for the sake of this hypothetical what do you guys think uh how would it work in a world where cops really do really did hold that fear well i think the the point you were making toward the end there is the correct one the the cops in uvalde were i think a, a unique mixture of lack of leadership cowardice disorganization finger pointing at someone else to do the hard work um this idea that they uniquely feared that rifle in particular, I, I just don't, I don't buy that. Um, I think that that reporter was highly selective, went through a bunch of video and found like three cases of the hundreds of people who were there saying, Oh, no way. An AR. I, I don't really think that was the reason why. And, and, but even that reporter doesn't believe that. I think to the point that you're describing, because the logic of it doesn't hold. If we ban these things, but people hang on to them and the cops have to go get them, but the cops are too scared to get them. Well, I guess the answer is just they bring more ARs, but that's exactly what they did in Uvalde. They had probably 50 ARs. I don't know. 50 ARs to one or something like that. Um, But how would this, like how would confiscation actually work? Well, there's no, let's put it this way. If they wanted to start trying it and assuming that we stayed divided, they absolutely could. They could go start kicking down doors and taking them. It's just going to get really messy really quickly. All it's going to take is for one guy to to post a, to, to do some sort of standoff oh, and yeah. create a messy situation. Then what's going to happen? You're going to have some sort of Waco Ruby Ridge type event. And then what happens after that? The question is, do people lay down for it or do they actually band together? And that's the whole point of the Second Amendment and retaining people's rights to uh, to arm themselves in this way is that. If a community banded together to say, you're not coming and taking our shit in this way, it's actually then it does get tough for for the government to come do it. If 50 agents raid my house right now, um, they're going to get me. It's as simple as that. 
if 50 agents come to my neighborhood and I have 50 other guys with rifles, well, then it's a lot more evenly matched, isn't it? And, you know, even even um, but you think of like, look at Waco. Waco went on for what, 50, 60 days and they were yeah, heavily outmatched, yeah. actually, uh, in terms yeah. of manpower. And in terms of weapon power, uh, but that think of like if every community was a Waco, they're not going to do that. There, there will be some bad spots, but they're not going to actually successfully seize not all of those chance, weapons. No. Even if they had 50 Wacos to deal with, I, yeah. I don't think they would have the resources to do it. Well, and that's the other, the other part of the second amendment that is crucially important. And I will fully acknowledge that I, I lack in this uh, piece of the philosophy and that's, um, it's not just the right to bear arms. It is, it's for what purpose it's, it's, um, for the formation of militias being necessary for the security of a free state. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you are going to organize a group of armed men to protect the rights of the people in your community without the organization of those men. Yeah. Then it's just a matter of them bringing more guys to get you. So the second piece of that philosophy is the sort of community organizing that makes your community difficult to take exactly. over. And that's yeah. one thing I should do a better job of and also not talk about on the internet. <laughs> so anyway, thanks dangerous spaces. Mr. Eric Burns Marsh, not a question, but a, re- a prayer request asking the mountain blonde community to pray that doctors will be able to save my foot. I will keep you in my prayers tonight. And I hope that the audience will also that must be such a difficult thing to have to go through. So I, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. I don't have any information on this. You're saying you don't have any knowledge either. Well, I'm really mm-hmm. sorry to hear it. And of course, all the best to you. And, and uh, we will indeed pray for your recovery. I, if, if you're uh, able to share more information, even privately, Eric, go ahead and send it my way. Um, but if you choose not to, that's fine as well. I, I wish all the best for you. I'm sorry to hear it. R. Sorensen says, do you think that D.A. Bragg and the Democrats realize that Holy Week is the perfect time to level <laughs> false charges against someone's someone for uh, political reasons? I guess I hadn't thought about that metaphor or that uh, comparison. I have heard a lot of people make the Trump Jesus analogy this week, though, and I don't I, like it. <laughs> I don't like it. You know, as we've as we've discussed uh, earlier, I'm a failure of a Christian, so uh, I'm not the sort who's going to be necessarily offended by that but it it, it seems like a, a, a an un let's put it the offended might be the wrong word uh not appropriate comparison i i don't know that even just given the historical record that crucifixion is exactly the same as uh what's going on here but maybe it will develop that way i could see them crucifying trump I don't know. You think? I, I don't like this at all. Um, okay, you're just going to pass. I've finally made you uncomfortable. Well, I will say that I think they took all timing um, issues into account when they made this decision. Well, to this point, and maybe it's not, maybe there <clears throat> is something to it, because I think there's clearly something to waiting until December 4th December to resume 4th, yeah. this. That clearly seems strategic. We also know to this point that they were scheduled. The grand jury was scheduled to be on a break starting today until the end of the month. Mm. All of a sudden, poof, the grand jury votes to proceed with this indictment. Did they do that? Is that legit? Did they actually want to do something with the timing of the resurrection itself? I don't know. And the crucifixion. Is, 
<laughs> is yeah, that I, I would I would I hesitate to believe that's intentional, but is anything <laughs> too insane for these people? No. Maybe you're um, onto something, man. Maybe it's not maybe, as uh, yeah. out there maybe as I thought it was. Out there, yeah. Chris of the J, what are your thoughts on implementing electoral college type of system at the state level for offices such as didn't we get this question last week? I don't think so. Governor, at least I don't remember. Lieutenant Vice Governor, Attorney General, etc. I'm in the process of crafting a way for my own state to actualize it in a way that makes it easier to pass because the left hate the electoral college with a burning passion. Um, let me think this over. Governor, Lieutenant Governor, how would this work? So you're just talking about doing a mini electoral college within states to select within statewide states. offices. Okay. I mean, it would work the same way that you do it uh, right now federally. So right. let's say that you would have um, a whole bunch of, of districts within your state, or you could even do it county by county. And it's not the popular vote that selects your governor. Each of those counties or each of those subdivisions okay, has a value assigned to it. And it's that value that determines the governor. It um, would still be the tyranny of the cities, which I am concerned about. Well, not necessarily because in, in this like let's take uh, Montana for example. Like Missoula and Bozeman would be considered sort of left wing strong strongholds right. currently. Um, but in this system, Missoula would say have three points, Bozeman has three points, and the rest of the smaller counties around us have one point. Right. Well, at that point, depending on how the math is designed or how uh, how that works out. Missoula's 90% Democrat domination would be mitigated by the fact that it's actually right, right. only a three to one instead of say a, a you know, potentially a 10 to one domination of, of smaller okay. counties. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about this a little bit more because there, there is another side to this. And that is to say that at some level you kind of want um majorities to have power within states like that's the whole point of right this the the division of the states themselves is that if you don't like what's going on in this state you can go over there where you have a majority and you can enact all the sort of stuff that you want to me the division of states themselves is the more important um method of protection for the rights for the right of the individual to, to make those sorts of choices than say like uh-huh. my right in Gallatin County, Montana, not to be dominated by Missoula County, Montana, or something like that. Okay. Um, that is to say, when if you're if you're limiting the power of majorities in states, you're you're sort of diminishing the purpose of the states in the first place. Potentially, would be a counter argument that I might make. Like, don't don't you don't you kind of want majority to dominate in Idaho? Isn't that yeah. sort of the point of Idaho? Yeah, I'm open to this. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be in favor of it. Anyway, uh, let me know what you decide to design, Chris. And thank you for the thoughts. <coughs> uh, did I read that? Yes. Zazie McTazbot. Yeah, he's up next. Uh, Today, uh, on the way to work, I passed a cop car with an all pink paint job. Could each of you give a sign of the times moment you recently had in your life? Um, Yeah, actually, I uh, earlier today, I was just in a in a. A public place that had various TVs on playing news and sports and all the stuff you'd expect to see in that sort of venue. And uh, there was a hockey game on and I don't watch hockey ever, but 
I have seen some of the hockey sweater controversies with the gay pride stuff that they're all supposed to wear. You know, in a hockey, what's the term? Do they use the term rink? What's the term for the the actual thing? Are you thing? asking me? I have I'm no going to say hockey rink, but people will probably correct me. Anyway, you know how they have all like those sideboards on the side of a hockey rink? And yes. They, okay. And those sideboards have oftentimes advertiser advertisements. Yeah. Hey, uh, eat a Snickers, drink uh, Coca-Cola, whatever. It's plastered all over it. Cut your dick off. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of. All of them were rainbow. All of the corporate sponsors. It wasn't just like NHL says be gay. It, it was corporate sponsorships that were rainbow uh, font and rainbow colors. Rainbow font, Yikes. I guess, isn't a thing. But you get what I'm saying. Like, take the Coca-Cola yeah, yeah, logo yeah. and make it rainbow. Take the Nike logo and make it rainbow. All of them were that. And, uh, and I'm thinking, like, who is who is this for? Who the hell? All of these people. It was so weird because, you know, everybody in that. I think it was a Blue Jacket. I think this was a Blue Jackets like Predators game that was recently or something. Um, so this must have been in Nashville or Columbus, one of the two. But you know that everybody in this in this hockey arena, uh, whatever that's called. Again, I'm probably using the wrong terms. All of them are looking at these rainbow advertisements, thinking the same thing I am, which is what the fuck is this? But nobody's allowed to say that. Yeah. So we all just go along with it. Uh, And it's the same sort of thing with like the Dylan Mulvaney uh, Bud Light can. Who the hell is this for? Nobody likes this, but we're doing it anyway. Mm. Those are the sign of the times moments for me. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mine is I've been watching this gender transition of this chick that works in my local grocery store. And it's like like so unconvincing but we all just have is, to is it getting better or worse more convincing or less no convincing? it's she's not you know she's a chick she's a, a dyke with a beard it's like i just be a lesbian she's the one i told you about that has a a penis or vagina turning into a penis tattoo no i don't remember that at all how did i forget that she has yeah. a tattoo of a vagina turning into a penis yeah what does that even mean? Like, is there a dick like hanging off? Like spiritual. There, it's yeah, it's, it's vaginal, and then and then there's just yeah. a dick hanging out, and then they them. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I just every time I go there, I'm like, can I just live in like my little? So it's a chick white fifties be- neighborhood, and like not have to deal with any of this weird city stuff anymore. But but you you're the rootless cosmopolitan. You love the city stuff. It's just not this city stuff. I, no, this is the reason that I left. If I want to deal with it, I should have just stayed in Seattle. This is a woman turning into a man, hence the beard. Yeah. So it must yeah. be like taking testosterone or something. Yeah, it's it's so unconvincing. Hmm. She has that pube beard. Yeah, it's just a pube beard. I don't know. Hey, be nice to the pube beards. All right, we're you a don't proud have people. a pube beard. <laughs> uh, I'm not the pubiest, but it's kind of puby. Is Adolf? that what your pubes look like? Is that what you're telling the audience? I. I have never described. In fact, I think you're the only one who's described. I know you have. What, you, my own pubes? I've well, done you that have described your affinity for Bush previously. Okay, that's all I said. It says nothing about my own. I guess I inferred. Pubic maintenance. I'm just saying <laughs> that this whole obsession with a complete lack of vaginal hair is a weird societal thing that hopefully will fall out of trend. Blonde I'm not braids like Demi confirmed. Moore. No, oh. <sighs> Demi that, Moore, that's too much Bush. Uh yeah, I remember looking at that picture, and I'm not going to look again. I saw it once. That Dude, was enough. Ass hair. Okay. Adolf Enwardstein. Hmm. Well, in reality, the Venn diagram for the N-word. pedophiles, I thought about this question a lot, and I still don't know how to answer it. 
would be just one circle. For the sake of this question, let's assume there's a negligible overlap between the two groups' populations. Blonde. You can eliminate one group, either globalists or pedophiles. Which one would you pick? But but why I have to assume that they have nothing in common. Yeah, well, the globalists guess, are pushing pedophilia. You have to assume that the overlap that there are that it's not a one to one overlap that there are some people who are one but not the other. I guess. Okay, fine. You can be a globalist that's not a pedophile but is pushing pedophilia in society. I have to say that probably pedophiles would have less protection in the absence of globalists. So I got to go eliminate globalists on this one. On the other side, who are the nativist or protectionist pedophiles? <laughs> These are the people who are like, listen, I'm careful what I say here because it's going to get chopped up into some out of context <laughs> quote. Listen, I am perfectly fine with redacted to kids. <laughs> But I draw the line at like illegal immigration and other degeneracy. Yeah. <laughs> Who are those people? That's uh, an impossible question. Well, um, no, I mean, the, let, let's put it. The pedophiles I'm going to assume are beyond just the mental state. And we're assuming like actual child molesters. Or are we, are we saying people with child attraction in their mind? It are just says pedophiles. I don't know. I'm going to assume that means the worst of the worst as in actual child predators, like people producing or possessing or distributing child porn, people actually touching, abusing kids, that sort of stuff. Um, those, those are, you have to eliminate that first. The globalist, the globalist, it, it, that might be, I mean, I guess there's a possibility that they're just a philosophically misguided person. There's no possibility of the, of the child molester being anything other than a terrible guy that has to be brought to justice. I don't know. I feel like we should focus on who is in power. Well, I guess the, and the I, distinction you know he doesn't mean globalist. The distinction I'm trying to draw, I have to take, I have to use the words that he's giving here. One to me his is his name a, is Adolf Edwardstein. <laughs> I don't think he's talking about globalists. Well, one, as far as presented to be here, is a philosophy. The other is a, is a crime in and of itself. Assuming we're talking about someone who is who actually has victimized kids, so I have to bring justice to the actual crime committed. Can we just kill all of them? Well, that's he at least acknowledged the premise that there's probably a very tight overlap among these groups. I hate this question. Okay, Thank let's you. do some super chats. Thank you, Adolf. All right. Uh, blow little bits of my brain out of my nose. Big big thank you to our chatters. Appreciate your patience. I know it's been a long wait, so thank you for that. Addicted to Drums over on Rumble says, thanks, thank you. Black Magic 64 says, let me get this straight. The Democrats want to sterilize the mentally ill through LGBTQ+. Thank you for being proper about the designation. And remove the undesirables through abortion while they give me health care and a pension. I don't see a downside. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, well, maybe they're on to something. Although at this rate, your uh, your health care will be heavily ra- uh, rationed and your pension will be worth totally. zero dollars. So be careful how much you you wish for <laughs> that. But um, yeah, d- to the sincerity of the point, is it possible that a lot of this misguided gender ideology just sees its own way out through making it? Not that it's justified, but the, to the point, it's not sustainable insofar as it is incapable of producing children. But the, the I said this last week and everyone got on my case. Really? They're but, sterilizing themselves and suiciding themselves. I'm just saying if we just back up, step out of the way, the, it's the kids thing. That well, they, yeah, that's the problem, too, is that once you remove the natural ability to have your own children, 
you still don't remove that natural inclination to want children. And so the desire to influence, take control of scoop up other people's kids in the way that we see happening now, that is a, I think an inherent consequence of enabling this sort of uh, nonsense. So even though they won't be reproducing through natural means, I think they're, you, you really have to worry about the consequences of, of, of kids that probably will be targeted as this sort of ideology continues. Yeah. Uh, we're good over there. So I'll set, uh, oh, okay. I can catch up on tippy stream if you need a minute. No, I'm good. Where am I? What am I doing? Who am I? Okay. Max says Frank read the article American devils by Benjamin Roberts last night. And it's a good take on how we've arrived here culturally and why the hippies of last gen became the zealots of today. What is this uh, American Devils by Benjamin Roberts? Yeah, I don't know that. I'll have to check it out. Josh and Jesus says, this guy needs some medication. Does he realize that he's just like the left? I I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know. Uh, That that might be about Richard's call. I don't know. But in that case, um, Mahina fam. That caller is one step away from securing the white race by going younger and younger because they're more pure. Are you guys all talking about Richard Parker? I don't know. I, I would have. To, uh, you could probably look at the timestamp, but. Uh, well, I don't know what time we took that call. It was right before. Uh, it was before about eight p.m. Mountain Time, so before okay. about seven p.m. These have timestamps time on them. They should, yeah. Do uh, they not on YouTube? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, they um. You know, there, there is, it does have timestamp data. It might be hidden because all I can uh, see now is the, uh, the date. But when we get it fed through to our system, we have a timestamp on them. Interesting. Um, Michael Tynan. No, no. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Michael. Um, thunderstorm. Hi, blonde, Matt, everybody. Thou shall not kill is actually a mistranslation. It's actually thou shall not murder. Yeah. Have a great sense. night. And, and in terms of this George Soros thing, if the justice system fails, but somebody should be punished for what they've done then is taking the laws into your own hands really immoral well uh there is something to be said for when a justice system fails that justice uh still ought to be pursued there's a lot of danger though in i suppose uh empowering everybody to we i guess let's put it this way we all have to agree on a system of justice uh, for it to function without chaos. Yeah. And as soon as we all, as soon as we all abandon it and decide, well, I, I am justice, man, I'm going to go get it. I would say, I, I don't know that that's necessarily morally wrong insofar as the, the application of justice is morally true. In this case, maybe it would be. It's just when we remove sort of a commonly agreed upon, uh, a commonly agreed upon justice system and it's every man for himself, there's going to be a lot of mistakes in that system. <laughs> so you, you better be really careful uh, yeah, that totally. you do your best to get it right. Now that there aren't a lot of mistakes in ours right now, but we do have a system that at least ostensibly is devoted to removing emotion from it, finding facts, proving accusations beyond a reasonable doubt. We do our best to minimize um, false findings of guilt and false punishment. Right. Um, Maybe you're the sort of guy who could dominate the Wild West with moral purity. I'm not saying that's impossible. It's just uh, unlikely for most, I think. That's the, that's the gamble when we start playing with that one. 
Thunderstorm. Hi, I just read that one. Bill Biz. Remember the black squares used in tweets by BLM supporters? I just saw a commercial on ESPN encourage use of blue squares supporting Jews. I have, have seen to see that any commercial. white square commercials. What? Yeah, there's no white square allowed. Never any white square. Yeah, I saw that. I, that was, uh, I don't know who's behind the commercial. I don't know if that was government sponsored or not, but Ugh. it was the same idea. Post the blue square. Mark says, just take your time, Matt. The truth really does not fear questioning and examination, and Christ is the truth. I've been studying for seven plus years now, and I feel I'm just beginning to grasp a fuller meaning of belief and faith. That that was beautifully said. That is a better answer than I gave myself. (laughs) Because, you know, I mean, yeah, that that question annoyed me. That question really pissed me off. I I won't hide from that that truth about it. But the reason it bothers me is because it's it's the philosophical opposite of what you're saying right there. You're saying that you trust in the truth of that text and you trust, you trust in, in that word of God and that you trust that through my own examination, I'm going to find it in the same way that you have, even if imperfectly Mm -hmm. Um, you are, you are placing trust in the scripture itself rather than placing trust in yourself to tell me how it is. And that's the reason that you're going to be persuasive. And I don't think that email, uh, the emailer, at least through that approach, is going to be in the same way. So so thank you for that. Um, Nicholas H., Matt Blunt, we love you guys. We love you too. Dangerous Spaces. Can't wait for the interview with Billboard Chris. It was a good one. You'll see it on Sunday. And Knuckle Hunky Buck, if the cops come to confiscate arms, all they have to do is have a guy with them yelling, don't fight against them. It's what they want you to do. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and he also said, I'm not the pubiest, but I'm kind of puby. <laughs> Matt Christensen. Uh, thank you. That, thank you for quoting it correctly. I got to reload, but I think that's it. I just got to catch up on uh, tippy stream. We'll call it a night. And thank you uh, again for the patience of our tippy stream chatters who have been hanging on for a little while now. Um, let's see. The spirit of truth says Carl Jung's answer to Job explains the purpose of Job's torment the purpose that Job's torment served. God was feared for a reason. Since God is dead, we need to complete the mission uh, the father had sent the son on, who in turn sent us on. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Okay. I will have to look into that. I think I follow what you're saying, but but my, my brain is fried at this point in the night, as I said, so forgive my... Uh, uh, forgive my squinting and attempts to to understand these high level concepts with uh, my current state of mind. The spirit of truth also says the father sent the son. The Holy spirit was sent to him. The son has sent mankind and he sent the Holy spirit to us. This is an echo in the history. Crucify the old bad, uh, the old or bad you as a sacrifice to the new better you and you shall be glorified. It is good. That's I've never heard that um, sort of replication of the lesson of the crucifixion. Crucifying the old version of yourself in pursuit of a new, better one. Interesting. Seems kind of harsh. You really got to crucify <laughs> the Well, the old version of me probably was worthy of crucifixion, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not really so sure that the new too. version of me is uh, deserving of treatment much better. But, but um that's one of the the great pieces of value I find in doing the Bible study and thinking about these concepts too. It's not just that we all need a, a, a correct idol, as I was talking about earlier, a morally true idol. It's that we all need to be humbled. We all need to lower our senses of self. And, and I say that including myself, obviously. 
um, when we believe that we are perfect, that we are, uh, what's the parenting philosophy that a lot of us were raised on? You're perfect just the way you are. Don't (laughs) ever change. No, you have many imperfections. You should Mm -hmm. change. You should improve. I don't know if we need to be crucified, but every day you should be thinking about your own flaws and how to improve them and, and improve them on what trajectory to what are you aiming? Yeah. That's really the God question. How do we know where to aim without that concept? How do we know where to aim without a concept of morality out in the world or something bigger than us, something more perfect than us? Where do you aim for improvement? If not that, I don't know. And that's, that's what I'm looking for too. So, uh, the point on humility, uh, taken for sure. Anyway, I think we're all set. Do you have any uh, more to read? Um, I don't think so. Okay, let me give a quick refresh just to be sure. Yeah, it looks like we're good. And uh, all right, so we will call it a stream there. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in tonight. Very much appreciated. As uh, we mentioned, we will be back on Sunday with, of course, whatever news happens between now and then. But uh, joined by our guest, Billboard Chris, fresh uh, fresh off getting a, a very light black eye from a transgender activist in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was good to talk to him. I, I'm glad to meet him and uh and speak with him a little bit and i hope uh well i look forward to seeing what what the future brings him because i think he's just a really influential cool guy so we'll catch you then and uh thanks for tuning in and and we'll see you on sunday bye guys